Hello! Welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I'm your host, Gimme Dead Wheat. And after a couple excursions recently, you know, we were uh, at a undisclosed studio somewhere in the heart of Southern California. Uh, but we're back! We're back home to our undisclosed location somewhere uh, in various northeast towns uh, along the east coast. Um, I, uh, I'm i your host, Gimme Dead Weed. I think I already said that, but but it's been a little bit since we had our good friend on the podcast. I'm, of course, talking about you know Edwin Budding. Edwin, you weren't on the our right. last episode. Yeah, you know you weren't obviously at this undisclosed location uh, covering Summit, and then uh, the episode before that, we had your good friend Yarn Yoshi on. Um, speaking of which, I guess we still have to have you dress up as a Yoshi, right? Because yeah, that is yeah. true. I have the costume upstairs uh, separately. You know, maybe sometime in the middle of the show, uh, I'll uh, I'll go get dressed and come back down uh, for it just to fulfill my end of the bargain. Yeah, of course. You know, um, if anyone mm-hmm. didn't watch our big house episode, you did make a bet. I think you made it. Was it a fifty to one? Odd? It was a fifty to one bet against a fifty to one bet one. about against Amsa, and you also did throw in just for good measure the fact that you would wear a Yoshi costume during yeah. one of our episodes. Uh, which but you have it's not a shame that I, yeah, I haven't been able to fulfill that, but I did manage to get my friend uh, Yarn Yoshi on the show. And who knows, maybe Yarn Yoshi will make another appearance. Oh yeah, I, I hope not. Oh, you, you, was <laughs> was it not a good show? Soon as they had some things to say about Yarn Yoshi, that's all I'll say. Hmm. Okay, that's fine. But uh, do you th- he's not he's not everyone's cup of tea but i'm glad that i'm here at least right now because i think uh i think a lot has happened kind of in the last month i feel like uh the you know melee is kind of in a very uh you know we've been saying this the whole year right it's one it's a very unusual year for melee that's very open and i feel like we're starting to see a little bit more order in the chaos now than maybe we saw like even two or three three weeks ago i'm just so ready to jump into all of it but I mean, before we get to all that, Walt, thank you so much for joining. Hey, us thanks, um, Edwin, for introducing me, because we does the same bit every time I go on the show, and just introduces the other person. So hey, here we are. It's been a while since Edwin. I know it has. Been Did a you while. not hear this yarn Yoshi and all that? And he didn't even give you. He just said he didn't even introduce you. He just said we're going to be talking to Walt. It wasn't even. Yeah, you know you're right. Actually, who, I, if I think who's we even Walt? The whole thing. You don't even go by Walt. <laughs> you're turned down for. <laughs> you know, I actually, I, I, I got a comment that said something like that pretty recently, where someone was like, "I have a feeling you're gonna go by Walt soon," and I'm like, "That's my, that's my name." So I don't really know, like, what, what the, what the path is here, like how we're getting here. But would you ever just change your tag to turn? No. Okay. Would you ever change your tag to Gimme? I love calling uh, you Gimme. Taffo calls me Gimme. I like calling you Gimme. Yeah. I think it's a good one. See, that's the, that's what you kind of want in tag. You want to be able to go by anything. Uh, wheat, obviously, is my preferred. Gimme? Hey, that's not bad. That? No one's ever said that. But honestly, <laughs> if, if I started to go as Dad, I think that there's worse things to go as. Yeah. I don't know if I have like filler filler words like that before and down. Yeah. I'm going to change my tag to bud. 
That's not oh, bad. God. That's you'd actually so, not that bad. You'd be so cool if your name was Bud. Yeah, you would be our Bud. I'm sorry. All right, let's start the let's start the show. I'm ready. <laughs> so, All right, just should I introduce Edwin again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go go for it, go for it. Edwin, I got a question for you. <laughs> how many how yeah, many hey, of these? So this is a quarter zip. Is this what you're wearing? <laughs> yeah. Is this what you're opening with? <laughs> I true. We have a lot to talk about. I just this is always on my mind. How many of these do you own? I think I have four. Okay. This is this is good. Maybe we, we're going to see these. Uh, <laughs> you're going to rotate like, through, them, through like, them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what's next to the Yoshi costume in your in your wardrobe or closet or whatever it may be. Uh, maybe that'll be a uh, that'll be a, a premium episode. Ooh, patient Ooh. exclusive. We go through yes the Edwin Bunny house tour. Uh, let's let's make it happen. But for now, <laughs> yeah, that's the patron exclusive that might come later. But but for all everyone, for all the plebs out there who don't pay us money, uh, let let's talk about what happened at Summit. You know, we obviously we took the week <clears> off, um, but we are back. And not only do we have a lot to talk about with Summit, we have a lot to talk about because Smash World Tour is ending. The the um, the open aspect of it, the points, um, is coming to an end this week to coincide with uh, Apex. So we have a lot to talk about here. Maybe I shouldn't be wasting precious minutes talking about quarter zips, but it's eh, honestly <laughs> I knowledge I wanted. So uh, if you want to ask your friend a question, you... <laughs> best way to do so is start a podcast get to episode 62 <laughs> and uh, have them on so you can ask them a question uh but i think it's time that we fulfill the obligations about smash so yeah let's talk about smash summit 14 going into this we had a very fun episode uh we had an episode with uh i don't know 10 people on or something and uh we had a couple different predictions i predicted zane uh, I know that Deer predicted Amso. We had a couple different people who were making. Uh, I think Webb's also maybe made his same prediction. Uh, Leffen was predicted by Edwin, and only one person predicted Mango, which was uh, Josh Man. But it really just goes to show how, like, how the majors work right now is that I feel like almost anyone can win, and we were seeing this parody throughout like every single stage, you know great in pools and uh cody looked great in losers we saw all these different things happening uh waltz i'm gonna i'm gonna turn the table to you so this is um you know this is like the second summer that we've seen mango win but what what did you think about something like this how 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 did this compare to maybe summon 11 for you uh well he did it from winners which was which was a change um, yeah, <laughs> I I honestly think the fact that Mango like Amsa is probably one of his biggest bracket demons who isn't Zane right now, mm-hmm. which I find uh, it it's like a weird statement to me. It's not like obviously unrealistic when you look at their head to head. Amsa's kind of ahead, I think at this point. I forget the exact amount, but it's it's weird to me to make the statement of like at the big house ten. The fact that Amsa gets Mango twice is his best possible draw to win the tournament, um, in my opinion, at least. Um, I just think it's so interesting, like the difference between Mango's big house set 
in grands versus how well he played against Amsa. Or did he play against? Oh my god, am I mixing this up? When did he play against Amsa? He played against Amsa at Summit. I'm looking at the bracket right now, but they played in. Uh... Okay. Yeah, but he looked he looked very good overall. Um, into Amsa, I think, uh, and then I think his other matchups were just like pretty rock solid. Like IBDW, he has a pretty firm grasp on overall. Hungrybox is like iffy, but like he he gets by. And I think it's like if you get over Amsa, you have a really good chance of winning the tournament if you're Mango. Yeah, I think the interesting thing here is that you look at his Summit Eleven win, and it's a win that honestly is going to be held. <clears throat> Rightfully, uh, in high esteem for the rest of his career, will probably be seen as one of the most exciting, you know, maybe greatest tournament runs of all time. Uh, and I think that you, the difference between these two is just like the ease, right? This was not that mm-hmm. hard for Mango, but if you talk about it, yeah, like the individual sets that he played to get there, he played some people who might be considered demons. So honestly, like the difference between his victory here and his victory there, um, that was like affirming him to be one of the best players of all time in my mind. That was, you know, him winning this very special tournament. This might matter less as a moment, but for what it means for him as a player, I think means a lot for how I view him right now. There was a lot of talk. I will say in the summit house studio, (laughs) in the summit studio uh, about, is Mango number one? Can he be number one? And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But first, I want to talk to Edwin Budding. Edwin, what were, what uh, what kind of jumped out to you about Summit? Because we had a lot going on here. We had like, you know, Plup. We hadn't seen him in forever. We had um, Sunse beating Leffen again. We had a lot of great moments. But what what uh, stood out to you, Mr. Budding? Or Bud, yeah, so- as you might be called <laughs> in the future? <laughs> So I think obviously Ma- Mango's run is one of the one of the biggest storylines, right? And I think we we mentioned before that like when you think of a typical Mango <clears throat> victory at a really big event like Summit or even something like Big House or Genesis or whatever, you imagine like a lot of drama, right? You imagine Mango making a long Lucius bracket run or taking opponents like Hardship. close. Ty- yeah, yeah, t- yeah. Typically, you kind of imagine them in chaos, right? Like when there's a really chaotic setting where like both players are playing super sla- sloppy and it's last stock. You imagine Mango coming out on top of that right with this event it was like he this was honestly uh across a tournament weekend like just in a vacuum i think this is the best i've seen mango play in it across a whole weekend he just looked so dominant it's like he would lose game one against someone like hungry box or amsa and be like okay that's not gonna happen again immediately turn it around the next game uh you know really playing like quite disciplined playing really smart making great adaptations to his opponent it was mm-hmm. it was almost kind of unusual like you don't really see um you don't really when, when you think of dominant mango runs they're through losers bracket or they're they're after like kind of you know he falls down a hole that feels like it's of his own choosing almost you don't really see you know mango dial it up for all three days or four days or whatever an event, right? So this is a very unusual kind of Mango victory. Now, I do want to say that he won Lost Tech City from winners also, and he won Super Smash Con 2022 from winners. A little bit of drama there with the LOD set and, you know, Hungerbox taking him close and everything. But, like, but in terms of, like, just looking way ahead of the field, I have to say this is a one-of-a-kind uh, Mango victory. Now, he's had big victories, and followed them up with stinkers. 
or he's followed them up with, you know, performances where, you know, maybe he, maybe he takes a set from someone really good, or maybe he, he loses to two top 25 players and gets like ninth or seventh place. Right. So I don't want to say yet that Mango is number one, but I think that if you're a fan of his, this is a remarkable turnaround from where he was earlier in the year. And I think uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about. You know, you got you got Zane at the top. You know, honestly, I thought this <clears throat> tournament was going to be Zane's until Cody yeah. made a miraculous turnaround yeah, that was against Zane. Super fucked up, actually. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and not only did Cody do that, <laughs> he repeated a similar feat by reverse throwing Hungrybox. Reverse yeah. throwing Zane on FD, then going to Hungrybox and doing the same thing on Dreamland. That's one of the most remarkable back-to-back set accomplishments against like two different players that I, you know, I, I can recall. Right. So I think that's got to be, you know, we. I want to, um, I want to th- throw this back back to you for a second. But like, it almost felt like a. Uh, I, I heard some people talking about this a little after the event, and I think I actually agree with this. Um, this kind of felt like a weird inverse or kind of like a. Maybe inverse is not the right word, but it kind of felt like Mango and IBW kind of swapped roles from Smash Summit 12, where it felt like, you know, the winner won the tournament pretty dominantly, you know, without dropping a set and beating everyone. But Mm. the second place uh, person, you know, still had a really great tournament, like beating a bunch of people and having a bunch of like, you know, strong set showings. That's kind of what this reminded me of, honestly. Um, sure. So, so first off, if you're throwing the ball to me, you're not getting it back. I'm giving, I think Walt has said, uh, I can count the number of words that our guest has said on his, on my own hands. Uh, so I will probably dish the ball out, but, but yes, I think you're right. You know, Mango mentioned it himself that, uh, this kind of did feel like a reverse and, um, it didn't feel deflating like the summit 12 did. And that's not anything against Cody. That is just like, I remember summit 12 being like, could he do it again? And the answer was a definitive no, not as much as it was at like Genesis four. Um, but this one felt, this was like more in the cards when it happened. It felt like everyone knew that mango was going to win summit when that was the grants, but you're right. This was an amazing run. I did make a prediction. I usually don't, um, but I was feeling in the air. Like I made a set by set prediction of who I thought would win. And everything single time there's a coin flip. I chose the person who I thought, played better under duress um, <laughs> yeah. and it turns out that like that wasn't really true right uh we like i i was picking zane over cody i was picking like uh jay mook over laughing which ended up being true but like uh it, yeah if there was someone who i'm like they're really solid and not shaky and the other person's like they're really good but have some variance. I tended to pick the person who didn't have the variance. Uh, regardless, yeah, I had Cody making it to second. I really thought that his loser zone was really good there. And he is someone who, at the Summit Studio, I remember some people were saying like, you know, if uh, if this person can get past this person, they've got a really good shot at Cody. And I'm just saying, no, they don't. <laughs> Wizzy does not have a shot at Cody. Plum does not have a shot at Cody. Like, I'd like to say that these players can beat him, and they they can't, and and they will. But at Summit Finals Day, Cody is such a fucking tough player, and and he is... He's a player who I feel like is hard to to grasp in today's meta because, you know, we were so used to attributing, like, the gods to, like, their own, like, special, like, you know, this person does this, this person does this. Um, Cody doesn't really have that, even... If, if you look at someone like Leffen who filled the spot of like token amazing Fox, um, 
Cody is even just like he's not as uh, graceful as people had said Leffen was. It's just like Cody just does the right thing. He just goes out there and plays the right way in a way which makes it really hard for people to beat him, um, which is why it's impressive when you have someone like Mango who can beat his ass. Walt, it's it's hard to talk about Summit and not want to talk about Grand Finals and talk about who won because it's so important. Uh, but it is a tournament that has like all of the best players. And this was a... Uh, summit specifically which you could argue has like the the most depth of anything um so before we move on to like talk about mango more in depth i think we do have to mention more of what happened here Walt, do you have anything that you thought was like any like small storyline here like set histories yeah um, i I have some questions i want to bring to to you guys uh in the in the way Um, of just like um, bringing the melee stats heat uh sports analysis style i want you guys to just say some shit about this but first i i thought it was very funny uh i cannot get it out of my head since edwin said cody's run is reminiscent of a mango's losers run because i do think 100 that is true for this tournament now that i'm looking at it because he played 15 straight games jesus against like <laughs> wow five, like you know arguable number one number one number you know amsa whatever you want to rank him as probably top five easily for these people i would say i would yeah Yeah. and then immediately gets 3-0'd in grand finals (laughs) that is like the de facto mango losers run i feel like um but my questions for you guys are number one is zane a choker (laughs) and number two is axis fox good because that those were the two things that were on my mind watching that tournament because I'll say it if we're trying to be dramatic here right now. Axis Fox was really bad at, at yeah, Super Smash sure. Con, and it looked really good to me here. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Let's take the Axe one first, because I'm sure that Edwin, as the resident Marth here, you've got some things to say about Zane. But uh, Axis Fox is very fast. Yes. Uh, and he is a hey former guest of the show. He came up to me at Summit and thanked me for... I gave him like a... I let him in on a Southwest deal that was going on during our show. He was like, yeah, it worked out. I got the... Yeah, like, I'm not going to be mean to him. I will say that. I don't know if if the Fox looked very good. It like, it definitely... It brings the question up of, like, is it good just because it works? Um, Specifically down throws, right? That is the kind of thing that we were seeing. We were seeing like a set where he almost beat Hbox. Um I <laughs> this was this was tweeted out, but uh, one of the like everyone was watching that set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the funniest things that was Blur took a really big bet with I think Vish that um Hbox was gonna win and then kept trying to to, to get out of it. He was like, Can I buy out? Can yeah. I buy out? It was like <laughs> like so game funny. two. And he's like ten dollar buyout. <laughs> And he was so he th- like I mean it was kind of what was happening with everyone. Everyone was was like dumbfounded by what they were seeing. Was this Fox player who was ostensibly doing everything wrong, but was working? Um, so I guess the question that is that I think Axis Fox is uh, two sets into playing Hungry Box is is pretty good, right? Like. It, this is probably a good spot where we, we you would want to see it if this is your second time playing the guy who is the reason you're playing this character. Um, I do have some doubts about this going further. Uh, the fact that almost everything he did was fake makes me think that 
when HBox wises up to this, uh, it won't be as close. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's like a pessimistic and optimist way to look at it. And you could also say, if if Axe almost beat him doing only fake stuff, then maybe <laughs> if he does real things in the future, it'll be good. Uh, Did you watch the uh, the show video about that? The what does this chase? mean? Uh, the it's a oh gosh what what region oh I, I saw that EU. yeah he's an EU player mm-hmm. um but he made yeah, a, an he made a video. video that essentially just says like the down throw tech chase is not real under yeah. most circumstances um but it was a really cool breakdown like he goes over situations where X actually like covers a lot or basically like every option by doing like uh, forward tilts after the down throws mm-hmm. and whatnot um. But yeah, no, I, I know like we don't mean it in like a jabbing, like mean kind of way. But the the most blunt way I can say it is the the shift from his Fox at SmashCon to his Fox at Summit uh, was was, was pretty dramatic. Yeah, yeah so. you're right. Uh, yeah, I want to see it happen. And and at, at SmashCon, even though he got 3-0'd and it wasn't close, I was like, this could be something in the future. Uh, and I think I might have even said it on the show, but, uh, but yeah, basically when it comes down to it, if he is giving up, uh, openings by down throwing into like nothing, that's probably, that's not the reward that you want to get off of grabbing H box. Um, especially in that matchup, you probably want to, you know, the, uh, people have labs, like what you do over in that situation is up thrown to up air, up thrown to bear, whatever, like you want to make H box really pay for it. Um, and if you get, hbox in a situation where he texts the other way and and you don't have anything to cover and all you did was get whatever percent down throw does and <laughs> reset to neutral uh then i would say yeah hbox would like that that would be good for hbox uh but yeah i want to see more of it i am dude if i mean hey if he if he takes a set doing this down throw shit i would be so happy uh you know how many it, net play people are gonna start doing that too who good. like haven't uh, seen the analysis videos It'll be sick because all those net play puffs will just like immediately rest them out of it or something. <laughs> Imagine doing this to CPU zero or, or like solo battle or uh, I don't know, like any take your pick. Right. There's so many puffs that we <laughs> that we know who can do this, <laughs> who can like reaction, take chase rest. who can uh, hit the craziest rests that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that like this will be dispelled in the near future. But for now, it's very fun. Zane, Zane, a choker, Edwin Budding. Yeah, give us give us the the dirty details here, bud. I I just want to say that like I think after the Ludwig Smash Invitational, I did have the urge where he made like a bunch of crazy comebacks and like a reverse three O to axe and everything. I did have the temptation to think that you know the days of Zane losing like a really close heartbreaking set to another top player. I did think for a moment that like okay. He's not a choker. Like it like it's it's over. He he won this amazing tournament. Uh he beat a bunch of good players. He made a bunch of comebacks on great players. And uh all I'm going to say is that I don't think Zane overall is a choker, but I I think he tends to find himself in a lot of situations that open himself up to heartbreak. That's a, I don't know if that's maybe the, is is that the same thing as being a choker? He, he is, just finds him it, in situations where he chokes. Yeah, he just, <laughs> Do you consider he just, that a choker? <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's just like you keep winning and then like you you hit like a forward air on your opponent and it sends them the wrong way and they're at like a hundred and 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 he's at like a hundred and twenty percent and you're like oh 
this is not good. <laughs> I, I will say that Zane magically discovers new ways of like, or new variants of that same situation or, or he doesn't discover it. He just like, he falls into it almost. I will say it does seem to happen to Zane an abnormally high amount of times, but sure. I have Zane, seen Zane make massive comebacks. I've seen him make big turnarounds. So easy a choker. I don't want to essentialize people. Does he lose very heartbreaking games in ways that, that uh, constitute chokes? Yes, I think that. Happens. I think I think Walt, you found the issue with the show, which is uh, you guys won't say mean shit now. That we, we're we like to have working relationships with the people who we. Talk I do about too. Here, no, which I, is I, yeah, this is the great thing about when you're on ESPN or something. You could just say this guy sucks because like oh whatever. What are you gonna do? You're gonna like meet LeBron? Yeah. No. Um, no, I get but my it. issue I, is that, yeah, no, Zane at this point right now, I have to be proven to that Zane is not a choker, right? Because uh, I think that he can do it, but he is one of the few players who has won a lot of tournaments and they've all been for winners. Um, now that isn't to right. say that, like, I think that winning from losers is something that is, uh, <laughs> because Mango does it all the time. We kind of think it's more normal than it is. If you actually look at it. A lot of people don't win through losers. Yeah. Mango's done it a lot. Armada has okay. had runs where he's done it. Um, but for the most part, you know, obviously Hbox has done it. Um, for the most part, this isn't really how people win. You know, like uh you can look at Cody's wins, they don't tend to come from from losers' runs, or uh I mean Plup doesn't even really put himself in the position to have a long loser's run, and right now Leffen doesn't yeah. really either. Uh so I do think it's one of these weird things that he is one of the few players who is good enough to get to the point where he can win. Uh, and it's also maybe not at the point where he is able to win very consistently if the cards aren't in his favor. I mean, it's the type of thing we've seen Zane destroy people 3-0. Uh, and we don't talk about those sets, but it's the sets where he gets reverse 3 0 or he loses 2-3 to Mango. Those are the ones that we tend to think of more. Um, and a couple, oh yeah, God, like a year ago or so, Maybe more. I said that Armada or uh, Zane plays the Armada position well in melee, which is just this like unstoppably good guy who it's really cool when you beat him. Uh, people like to root for Zane more than they maybe did Armada, but when Zane is losing, it's like really important that he's losing. Uh, and when Zane is winning, that's not as important, right? Like we've talked more about Mango winning Summit than we did about Zane winning uh, Ludwig's event, even though you could honestly argue that Ludwig's event was harder um but yeah no this is just kind of how like it operates when it comes to someone like zane he is just so impossibly good in like a in a way that when he's on it's just like the terminator uh and when he's losing it's like dude they're beating the terminator uh so yeah i i would love to see him win from losers but for now i think that it's kind of eluding him edwin what do you got well, I will okay. say well, you're that- not hosting the show. You got to answer some questions. <laughs> he was raising his hand. I didn't want to interrupt him. I I think that you know we we talk about Zane so much on the show, right? And you know I always have to bring this up because I I just never want anyone to take this out of uh, you know our comments about Zane out of you know their position. Mm-hmm. We're using the standard for Zane of him being a generation defining player right yes we've he's never officially been number one but he's someone who for large periods of time has looked like he was on the path to being 
a mango or hungry box or armada caliber player when he's active right so it's like the standard that we're using and the kind of greatness that we've seen from him in flashes we've never seen it officially cemented across a whole year but because we've seen those you know glimpses of dominance from him before it's it's like we know that he's capable of reaching that top level standard right so i think when it comes to you know, noticing moments where, where Zane might fall short or where someone someone is able to make a miraculous comeback for him. They feel monumental because in a way it feels like, you know, may, maybe this is not what everybody wants, but it feels like in a sense that, you know, this is supposed to be Zane's era and he's he's supposed to be taking over. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be the target, right, for every player of this generation to measure themselves up against. And in a way, like you know, as we mentioned, he is that target. But he hasn't, you know, he hasn't dominated like Mango H box or Armada, right? We we've just, but you know, just by virtue of you know who he is and how the scene has been in the last few years, the way we've seen results, he's he occupies that position. But it's not as you know, it's not as dominant as it as we've seen in the past of you know leaders from other from other generations, right? Right. And I think in a sense, we kind of a we make that lack. Right, because we know he's, or at least it feels like he's capable of it. But if if he doesn't finish this year at number one, it it does it does you know maybe maybe still take some of his accomplishments and stride for what they are as periods of dominance. But you know if if he doesn't finish this year one, I mean that does that not make us look back the last three years, right? I mean this is really the really kind of the you know the the driving force behind Zane's year. Can he be number one, you know, Mm -hmm. really become the player of this generation? So I think the standards that we're, you you know, when we're saying that Zane chokes a lot or that he's a choker or whatever, we're using it by that standard. And it's such a, like, we would never say the standard for a player like, you know, IBW, right. Or, or not, or not J-Mook yet, but (laughs) we'll get to J-Mook later, but (laughs) on the, on the topic of uh, heartbreaking (laughs) losses, but (laughs) yeah, a question about choking, but you know, when we say this all for Zane, I, I think a really, you know, a gut response, you know, a lot of people will have listen to this is saying like, Oh, that's not fair. Like you're only holding Zane. You would never hold this standard for any other player. And you, you know what? I think that's, I think that that's partly right. But I think in Zane's case, you know, how could you not view it like that? Would you say that you are waiting for Zane? <laughs> so speaking of go. Zane, Next topic, go. it's, 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 wait, 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 wait. I, got, I have no. something to say though. Okay. No, my, my, I, I agree with you completely, Edwin. And I, I do want to end that like question by basically saying my thought on uh, the perspective of, I guess like the the circle of life of melee players is that for whatever reason the high Zane is at the length of career I think now where his lows if you call them lows um, and a lot of players are at this point now where like his marginal losses or his very close ones that can be viewed as chokes or whatever they're viewed with so much more weight under the eye of the observer that is out us than when he was like the up and comer, uh, you know, new guy that was winning shine kind of thing. And and that's like just normal for any type of competitive sport or activity or whatever you're going to do. When you're a new guy, the the highs are ranked much, much higher than uh, what they would be. Then you kind of normalize out. And then when you've kind of been around the block like Mango or someone has for as long as they've been doing it, 
then it's like, yeah, they lost like three to one against AMSA. Like, is AMSA the hard counter to Mango now? Who knows? You know, that's what that's the questions that like, you know, the average observer would look at for someone who's kind of like involved in the scene. So I do think that asking the question about Zane is is not totally out of place because that's kind of like what the commoner melee fan is asking right now when they're just like, oh, yeah, you got reverse swept by Cody with two games on FD. That seems kind of Mm. out of the ordinary. Has he fallen off? Not really. I don't think so. But yeah, have to wait until the rankings come out, right? You're right. And I think we do have to wait. We have got a couple different events before the year ends. And and I think I I mentioned this maybe on the summit episode that uh, (laughs) this is a pretty unique scenario because we usually don't get a lot of events this big at at the end of the year. I mean, if you're old enough to remember the first couple um, SSBM ranks, the top 100 Mm -hmm. was basically finished by uh, Big House in October. And it really feels like Big House was the start of so much of that was happening in melee. So we're only halfway through that, uh, that period right there from big house till Panda cup ends the, the series, the season. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see. I don't think number one is, is locked up. And the question, Walt is, can mango be number one? We talked about Zane. We know that IBW was a big focus in the, uh, first like half of the year. Definitely someone who throughout the summer, people said, might be number one. Hungry box is always going to be a lingering question, but right now we have to consider he just won smash summit 14. He won lost tech city. He won smash con. He got second at big house. Can he be number one? Walt? I, I think the short answer is yes, he can be. Wow. Um, I, I feel really bad for you guys having to make this, ranking because i and you just get to suck off it you're probably gonna I know, like seriously you're gonna like voice over all the i'm just doing all of my <laughs> and number three yeah and you're gonna get paid more than we do I'm, for like so toiling out of the fucking balance yeah no no <laughs> <laughs> sorry no <laughs> I, I think i think uh most people probably say yeah he can be number one um i think in my in my personal ranking i don't think he has as great of a claim to make number one I honestly still think that Zane could be number one, but I but the thing the thing is, and I kind of uh, touched on this in the video I released today. Actually, it's it's shaped up to more of like a four way tie for the running right now between Mango, Zane, Hbox, and Cody. So it really kind of comes down to what a the panelists or like the the greater like melee viewer values more so Mm -hmm. are we looking at super majors and then are we looking at uh strength of bracket kind of like what kind of upsets or what kind of path was there for that player to get there so um i mean let me think mango at at big house 10 who did he beat to get there well he beat zane Uh, i believe he beat cody well here how about how about this let's we're talking about it kind of like it's the end of the year right now. But as I mm-hmm. mentioned, we have a lot of the year to go. Tell me what Mango needs to do to you. Uh, to, not for you, not to you. <laughs> either or, either or. <laughs> a nice loving embrace. I don't know. Tell me what he needs to do for you to put him at number one at the end of the year. 
Because we've got Apex coming up, he's not going to Apex. And when it comes to main stage Smash Bros. Tour and Panda Cup, uh, you know, he's probably qualifying for Smash Bros. Tour. I think it's statistically impossible that he does not. Um, maybe a question of whether or not he goes. Panda Cup, he is qualified for. Uh, main stage, that is an event that he usually goes to. But, uh, you know, it, I guess there's he's not signed up yet, so maybe there's a question. But yeah, look, we have one event where he's not going and three possible ones where he is going. What does he need to do um, to end up number one for you? I think it's just uh, some of it comes down to like bracket luck and bracket luck in the sense of like you run into your best your best matchups to make that case. Right. So mm-hmm. wins over Zane move the needle a lot more. Uh, I don't I'm, I'm looking up head to head counts right now, but I don't know if. I don't know if I would. That is quite count. telling that you said that, though, right? What? Sorry, this doesn't necessarily like change your answer on if he can be number one. Isn't that telling it, you know, even just you saying that wins on Zane would move the needle. Good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I like, isn't that kind of like a RPS situation for all of the people who are in contention for number one? I think in Mango's case, if he gets, if he gets or proves more wins against players like Zane or hungry box, mm-hmm. I don't really, again, not a dig to Cody, but I don't really think beating Cody in another bracket is going to, you know, push any panelist towards closer towards putting mango at number one. I think Mango's like yeah. pretty firmly ahead in that head to head. So it's really is losing matchups here, which are Zane and hungry box. Well, um, I think you're, you're on the money right here um, because regardless of what uh, Edwin is trying to, uh, <laughs> to insinuate um, him beating Zane means a lot for him because it, he turns a matchup that not only was he like, he lost like the first like three sets or something like that, but it would be a positive matchup for the end of the year. If he's able to have two more wins, um, H box, I think that's a four and four record this year. If mm-hmm. he has one more, I mean, that's the same thing. He came to this year getting like dogged by H box. It was not looking good. Um, so to come out of the year with positive records on these people, uh, one, that means that you have a positive record on the, like whatever you presume mango to be the other three people in the top four, uh, that's really good. So yeah, like I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you're right. The Cody wins would obviously be really good, but it's kind of he's proven that at this point. Like if you had to say who does Mango need to beat, and you have to narrow it down to one or two people, it's Zane and HBox. Those were those will move the yeah, needle more than yeah, anyone totally. else right now. And, and Zane, so the head to head for this year, it's it's pretty firmly in Zane's favor right now. So Mango's two and five in that matchup in sets for the year. It looks like. And are you counting like I, LACS? Uh, yeah, I am. I yeah, am. I think that, I was gonna say. I think that might be online. Yeah, um, I was gonna say offline is is only one. I mean, there were still like, three only ones, one ahead. But, but I mean, like I I think every player who is kind of in this conversation for number one has their kind of like secret sauce or formula or whatever. Uh, with the remaining tournaments they're attending, that would allow them uh more of an argument to get number one. So yeah, like I think in Mango's case kind of firming up that he can consistently beat Zane is, is a great start. Of course, uh, the H box wins have come in this year. So it's not mm. like those are totally out of the ordinary for someone like Cody. It's beating mango. I think is one of the big ones too. Like these yeah. kind of hidden like jigsaw pieces that we're missing in this puzzle right now. Uh, like Zane, for instance, is just winning the tournament. I think just showing he can, keep winning events is probably the biggest argument that we can get for him. Cause he kind of has a, a hard lock on co- uh, IBDW or not IBDW H box 
kind of is is beating up Mango pretty bad. Cody's like an iffy matchup right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like every single player, it's it's just so hard to say like will they be number one, right? Because I think they all have like soft and hard counters in in different areas. So that's why it to me it's interesting that these winter tournaments probably matter a lot in that scope of things. Yeah. When it comes down to how the brackets shake out. Yeah. I mean, it's really going to come down to who wins at this point. I, I think there's a real, t- like if it ends up being a toss up, then we have a real interesting um, <laughs> end of the year on our hands. Edwin, what do you think about this? Um, I, I really want to kind of flesh out this point on soft counters a, a little bit, because I think one of the most fascinating dynamics about melee this year is because is the, is the fact that a lot of these, you know, head to heads within the, forget, forget even the contenders for number one. I mean, just within the top tier of play, you yes. know, the top eight or whatever that we have, a lot of them have kind of like flipped around in their dynamics. Right. So I think like, if you told me a year ago that, Oh, like a really hard bracket for Zane is going to have IBW and Mango's Fox, right? <laughs> like a year ago. But, you know, I think at this point in the next year, Zane will have a really good shot against the top Sheik and, and Axe, right? Like, I think one of the really fascinating things that we've seen this year is that a lot of the matchups that we might have been tempted to take for granted have actually, like, totally flipped right so that's one of the most like uh at least for me that's one of the coolest things about the the top level metagame and where we're at right now right because what what are we right like i think i think zane won won each of his last sets against jmook leffen and plup and, you know there was a point in the year where he was losing to all three of them and it looked mm-hmm. like that was going to be his hard bracket so i think one of the really interesting things that we're seeing is that for a lot of these like soft counter matchups these these players are coming in like prepared to turn those you know trends around but maybe at the cost of losing another matchup that they were previously dominant mm. in right? or the cost so, of a flight if you're zane and you want to fly swift in to yeah three or, hours or, of practice before a tournament but true yeah, or, is it, isn't it interesting how he got free vip this summer <laughs> at the nintendo to do anything <laughs> it's just suspicious if you ask me didn't really work uh because he he didn't really have to play either of the two pikachus who were in bracket that much <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off though. Though, keep going, Evelyn. No, it, it, I mean, like that's all I wanted to say. So, I th- I think for me, it's like when it, when it comes to number one, obviously, a lot of this is going to depend on what the other other uh, leading contenders do, right? <clears throat> like like Mango, if if he wins a tournament and Zayn does gets like seventh or something, and IBW doesn't do well, and Mango wins over Hbox, I think that'll be enough to you know move mango even further into the discussion and making it likelier that he'll end up in number one but if man and even if mango got like second and like let's say let's say that jmook won a major right but mango got second to him and did and outperformed the other two right there's so many different factors that that go into this so i think for mango what i would need to see from him to make me really you know really confident is that not only would i want to see him continuing getting like top two or three at this tournament and continue to accrue a volume of head-to-head headwinds in the top level over just like only IBDW or only HBOX or whatever. Um, I would want to see him definitely like continue this top caliber performance. And I think the thing with Mango that um, if I were a Mango fan, what would worry me is I would worry about the kind of post-victory hangover. <laughs> like I, I do not think, I think he's favored, but 
if you give me Mango versus a you know a top twenty five player, I don't think that's as guaranteed as it necessarily might or should feel like it is. If you want to be number one, Just so I think for. Week. Yeah, shout out to Pipsqueak, indeed. But I think for Mango, you know, before even we're talking about his ability to compete at the top level, we're talking about his spread of wins. You know, what's a hard matchup? What's a good matchup? And we've seen a lot of those change over the year. You know, over over the year as it's happened. But the one thing with Mango is, you know, if you want to be number one and you want to cement that for the year, you you can't be dropping sets to, or you can't be looking vulnerable against the top twenty-five. You got it. Make it to winner semis each time or winners finals. I, for, I mean, like the really fact of the matter is, though, every all of the a lot of the top players, I think, yep. in contention have really bad losses. I think, yeah, or like not good losses. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, like I can't off the top of my head. I can't think of Cody's worst loss. Co- Cody lost unless, to unless we count Swooper. At, Cody lost to Moki. Uh, Cody lost to Swooper. Like, yes. Well, first off, this is a regional. It does count. Sorry, Cody. I'm totally, I'm totally counting it too. For the record, I just didn't know. It is a. I didn't know where it, we is, stood it was on that. a one-off event, which a lot of people went to. Um, yeah, like he, he's got those win, uh, those losses. You know, Leffen obviously has a Moki loss as well. Has has got both Sunsei losses. Has a Triff loss. Hbox has a couple of his. You know, none. Uh, S2J, KGH. Mm-hmm. You look at Mangos. He's got Pipsqueak. He's got fucking uh, Fizzwiggle. Blood. Like he's he's. I mean, Hbox has a Pipsqueak loss too. Like right. Like <laughs> look look at look at this. Like it's so easy to rattle off all their losses <clears throat> in a year where you couldn't really have done that in the past. This was definitely a lot harder uh, to like try to accrue that list of losses in terms of top players. Um, but yeah, this year they are not only is their parity among themselves, as we talked about, like the shift between Zane versus the Sheiks and now Zane versus the Spaceys, um, or Mango versus everyone. <laughs> uh, but there's parity between like ranks that we didn't think would really get there. You know, if you looked at the uh, first couple of years of the, SSBM rank um, being top 10 means that you had like a one in 15 record versus the top five. And now it's like, cool, dude, you, yeah, you beat IBW once. Yeah. yeah get in fucking line. Right. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how it is right now. Yeah. Um, so it is pretty crazy. I want to, I want, I'm going to, to just um, put it in concrete terms that we're talking about. If Megan get number one, and I'm going to say, yes, he has to win two events before the end of the year, because mm. I think if he wins less than two events or fewer than two events, I guess, so out of you're saying out of the three that are main stage Smash World Tour and Panda Cup, if he wins two of those, I think if he wins two, he's in really I, solid. Okay, I can agree with that. I because I think that there is a we we don't like to talk about the human element in uh in ranking unless Hbox gets ranked below JMook, and then suddenly this is the topic of conversation. <laughs> I you um, read my mind, <laughs> but there is some human element in terms of I think that people whether or not they they know it consciously. Um, they do tend to view results that happen at the end of the year a little more important than once the beginning of the year. Um, and it's like both true and not true to an extent, because when I am making my ballot, I try to divorce those things so far that I even don't really look at where it was. Um, I mean, I want to treat some a win at Genesis more than a, a win at fucking, uh, you know, like salty spittoon. <laughs> but but uh in terms of when they were in the year, I, I try to, to not think about that. Um, but I think, yeah, if Mango ends up winning uh, Summit, he wins 
take your pick, right? He wins main stage, make, wins Panic Cup, whatever. Uh, he would have a really, he would win the majority of tournaments at that part, portion of the year. Um, and he would just have this push at the end of the year where we wouldn't really worry about Fizzwiggle. And, uh, you know, we might not worry about those losses to Zane at the beginning of the year or losses to Mango or losses to HBox at the beginning of the year uh, because he's winning everything right now. And maybe that's not how it's supposed to be. And I wouldn't even say that I would personally do that. But I think that that would be the general tenor of like the world and the, the the melee community. I think if he wins one, I think it's close. But I think that Zane gets it, and uh, that's basically what Zane's going for right now. In my mind, is that he needs to just kind of. If everyone wins one, I think Zane gets number one. Uh, if someone wins two, that's a little scary. So right. we get into the situation where if Cody wins two, you know, Cody might end up number one. Uh, and if we're talking HBox, dude, I do not know because I want you to sell me on <laughs> HBox because I I am looking through. HBox is this type of person who we're like, yeah, he's not really going to beat any of the players, but he's pretty good. Um, he's two and six with Zane. He's one and four with IBW. He's one and two with Leffen. But he's what about that JMOOC record? Give me he's that JMOOC record. With Plup. He's, uh, he's four and four with Mango, losing the last, uh, like, you know, however many, I think it's uh, four of the last five. Those don't look good. And the only way that it looks kind of good is when you Come say on. he's not in well with J-Mook. Say it. That's, there it is. That's the only <laughs> way it looks good is you add in this J-Mook record. And at that point, does that matter that much to me that he is like beating the shit out of this one guy and losing to like almost every other person? Um, and I don't know, because he's not really winning these tournaments. He's going to a lot of tournaments. Mm-hmm. And he is, uh, you know, he's got fifth at Genesis. He got second at Pound. He got third at Smash Summit. He got third at Battle BC. He won Gommel. There you go. He uh, had to deke you out a double down because he came into a venue with yeah, yeah, a <laughs> disease and refused to wear a mask. Uh, he, he won Wave Dash. I don't know if I really consider that a huge major, but it had people who, like, you know, it's juiced right now because it had Mango, even though Mango wasn't in tournament winning shape at the time. Uh, yeah, he got second at SmashCon. He got third at Shine. He he won Riptide. He got third at Lost Tech. He got fifth at Big House. He got second at, at uh, Ludwig. He got fourth at Smash Summit. God, I hope that wasn't as boring as I thought it was. But, like, there were a lot of tournaments there. And he won a few of them. But there were a lot. Um, so his path to victory to be number one... For me personally, I think he really needs to like win these. He needs to win Apex. He needs to then, I guess, you know, he, he can drop a tournament. But honestly, at this point, like his the way that he has been performing at all these tournaments, uh, maybe this is the ultimate proof that it doesn't matter if you go to to a lot of things. A lot of people say, well, if I go to more things, it'll be bad for my my uh, rank. Yeah. Maybe maybe you point to HBox and you're like, people still say this guy can get number one. He's got <laughs> losing records to almost everyone. I think so, if yeah. HBox RTC rests more than once in the next okay. few tournaments, then he's totally in contention. No, um, he's too, he's jumping no. too late <laughs> okay. he's, or too what? early. He's too high. He's, I, he's I, like he's like resting like right here, and the fox is right here. He's gonna phantom one of them, and then he's never gonna go for it again. I swear. With the number one question, uh, le- I want to flip the flip the JMook yeah. HBox thing around and give you just a str- straight up question: If JMook wins all three of these tournaments, is he in contention for number one? Yeah. Where do course. we put JMook here? 
because uh, controversially, as you guys are aware, he was at number three on summer 2022. Correctly, but okay. I no, I know, I know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> there's still controversy. I like. I feel like JMook is is kind of like the like no pun intended, like the needle in someone's side, like thorn in someone's side kind of thing. Um, for some of these players who aren't HBox, so. I don't know. Like, does Jay Mook throw a wrench into this entire equation that we're talking about, about what it takes to be number one? Maybe. Oh, I mean, I think any at this point we have we've got Apex and we've got three tournaments back to back to back. Uh, and those could change so much because we're talking about these things right now. at stance, right? We're like, oh, Zane is uh, three and two with Mango, right? Um, it's possible that could be he could be seven and two with Mango at the end of this or he could you know, he could uh, be like a heavy losing streak to Mango. Maybe Mango's like five and three. There's so much that could change here. Um, and these like very important things in terms of head to head player, uh, top player records and major victories that like, yeah, uh, if if Mook has three tournaments to his name, that's just about as much as some other people do. So that is definitely a contention. And if he's able to do that with continuing the the records that he has, um, then yeah, why not? Right. Like that's where we're at right now. If Amsa wins them, sure. If uh, like, I, I, I think you get to the point where maybe if Leffen wins these, maybe, and then uh, like, you kind of have to start going down before it really starts to becoming like, yeah, if Lod wins everything, I still don't think he's number one. <laughs> right. Like you, you got to get maybe a little far down before you start saying stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like we've this is just a, such an insane year where we got so much riding on the end of the year and it feels like we've seen everything like, uh, you know, Edwin referred to this earlier that like it seems really chaotic, but I could probably make a top five that I'm really happy about and like feels correct in the moment. Um, <clears throat> that top five could also be like flipped on its head by the next month or so just because of how crazy it's been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to come down to. What we're going to see at Apex, it's, it's going to come down to uh, main stage, Smash World Tour, and Panda Cup. Who's who's going? Who's performing? Uh, and it's really going to be hard to say anything until then. But what I can say is that, yeah, I, I think that Zane is the guy to beat right now. Um, Cody, Mango, they are they are hot. They they just mm-hmm. need to make the late push. And like you mentioned, HBox, JMook, maybe even Leffen Plup. Um, they are not out of it completely, but really, really just need to like win everything to even have a chance. I Uh, I have a question for you guys as kind of like the, I I know I'm not the, not the host of this event, but I'm like, this is just out of genuine curiosity and you don't have to answer this now because I imagine this would go into a very deep rabbit hole, but with, with like the frequency of how, I guess like there's so much tournament density in like Q4, let's say of this year, does that make you guys think that it would be more prudent to do like a halfway point ranking where we would do six month ranking of ranking instead of a year of review? Like as the people who work on these things, would that make more sense? Because that that's just been the thing on my mind for so long where it's like there is I don't think there's any argument for Mango to be number one if you're considering January to June kind of thing. But we're only talking about the latter half of this year. And I, I don't know, just like a, it's just been kind of bugging me since we started talking about it. We're not smash four. We're not doing half year rankings. Okay. Maybe, right, fair enough, maybe fair enough. get the mix up back, get the mix up back. Don't I'll talk this. about this for two hours. <laughs> okay. Because this is literally a topic that I could go on forever. Uh, right. and it's a great and, uh, question. Yeah. 
but but yeah, one that maybe maybe needs its own avenue to to really uh, fulfill itself. I guess short answer is that I don't think so. I think that having a full year ranking is really important to melee and uh, yeah, I mean it just goes to show the growth of things. And then if you want to talk about like having a six month ranking fucks uh, like everyone below a certain tier because it's mm-hmm. like not only do you have to go to f- three or four tournaments a year to get ranked, you probably should be doing that in six months, which not everyone is able to do because of their schedules. But sure. uh, regardless, you know, we're, we're talking about all these big events at the end of the year. One of the big events that's going to mean a lot is Smash World Tour. And uh, Smash World Tour is one of the two different circuit finales that we have coming up. Uh, the difference between Smash World Tour and Panda Cup is that it is a point-based system. Something that uh, I don't really think people cared about, to be honest. I'm going to be blunt. It is something that I don't know if people really f- tracked. Uh, but this is why we're having this this segment right here. Because I am a nerd who did care about it and did care to track it. Uh, and, and we've got some interesting stuff coming along. So I'm going to go through who basically is locked in for Smash World Tour. They've already... Um, I know I've been announcing people who they have deemed locked in, uh, but it, it actually is going probably a little further than you think. Uh, and the cool thing is that you can watch Apex 2022, and not only can you watch the probably pretty good matches that are going to be played there, but you can watch for you know knowing who's going to make Smash World Tour because Apex is a gold event, is the last event of the uh, of the season year, whatever they call it. Um, and it really is going to end up mattering for a couple different players down at the bottom. So let's get into uh, who makes it first. So I don't, I don't know if, if either of you two know about this, but they're, they're going to do like a 32-player bracket. Last two are decided by LCQ at the event. Um, so that leaves 30 players. Those are going to be kind of um, divided between people who place versus points, and then it's people who had the highest points in their region. Okay. So you have uh, like the highest player in North America. Hbox gets in; he's the number one player. Uh, Amsa gets in because he's the number one player in Japan. Uh, and, and you go through there. You know, you've got um, Prof Professor Pros, the European candidate. Uh, Riken, the the Sheik from Chile, he's going That's to cool. be the South America representative. Uh, Josh Man's uh, um, not going, so we do have. Uh, they just announced it today. They have Sock. Sock, who is at last year's Smash World Tour, Fox uh, main with, I believe, a chic secondary at this point. Should be cool to see. Definitely was someone who ended up doing uh, pretty well at the last event. So I'm looking forward to them. So we've got some more to see. And then uh, like these, this is what's interesting about Smash World Tour is that we have people like Sala. Sala is the, uh, <laughs> the Falco player who won Uprising in Korea. They're going to be the Korean representative, which is the wild card region, which is anyone who's not in one of those regions. So, yeah, it's like I wouldn't imagine that Sala would be invited to one of these events. That's one of the things that Smash World Tours brings to this. But, yeah, let me really, really quickly go through who is basically um, qualified for points. And then we can talk about kind of what we might think at the end, like who who makes it and then get into Apex. Uh, so, yeah, we've got Hbox, Amsa, Zane, Mango, IBW. Those are the top five in terms of points. Like I said, Hbox is the North America representative. Amsa is the uh, Japanese one. Fiction, S2J, Professor Pro, Kodoran. And then we've got a player, another player from uh, Japan at, at the 10th slot, which is Ingen, who we saw Ooh, last nice. week. 
Yeah, Ingen, you know, they had a couple uh, gold and platinum events in Japan. Ingen was the beneficiary of winning those. And so we're going to get to see them. We've got Jmook, Pipsqueak, uh, shout out to Melee Stats, Raiken, as we talked about, Frenzy, Leffen. We've got uh, another Japanese player who's benefited from placing wealthies, which is, uh, uh, God, I asked Amsa how to pronounce this at one point. It's like, Hutaka? What had Edwin, how do you say it? Hutaka? Hutaka? Yeah. Is that okay? So maybe, maybe Walt, if you, I don't know if you're working, Wait, I, I, just, I just pulled up the Liquipedia that does not look like how it's spelled. So I'm going to, I'm going to butcher that real bad. I, well, there, I mean, it's obviously not a, a name that is originated yeah. <laughs> in uh, like those types of letters. Right. So uh, I think the, the Anglicization of them can change, but yeah, okay. I've, I've seen Hodaka uh, written out a lot, but but who gotcha. knows? They're they're a Fox player from Japan. I think that they have uh, gone from during the pandemic, gone from someone who's not really well known to being one of the best players in Japan. So that'd be cool to see. Cool. Lucky Mech Bbats Jflex Lod Skurzo Wizrobe. Um, we've got Meds coming in as someone who qualified for Panda Cup. He also got enough points from a couple different events to make it. Uh, Moki is basically probably safe at this point, but we get to this scenario where these people at the end are going to be the ones where we need, you know, that's going to be decided by all of this, uh, this apex stuff. So we've got Moki right there. We've got Noel who ended up DQing out of uh, saving Mr. Lombardi. So he did not get a lot of gold points. Mm-hmm. Chape, uh, who I believe might be going to a local, which has some silver points to it. So that might change. Ben, who's going to Apex, Amita, who's going to Apex, Spark is going to Apex, uh, XL Zero, who is qualified through being the Central American representative. So, like, we've got a lot of cool scenarios right here where it's going to come down to, like, a uh, couple of these players are going to end up making it. Um, it's really just, like, you know, Spark, Amita, Ben, Chape. Uh, yeah, like, you, you look at those players, I think maybe three of those are going to make it, uh, or two of those are going to make it. And then... Um, it's interesting because of some people dropping out already because of the fucking chess boxing shit. But uh, <laughs> like we have a little bit of a better view of like who's going to be lower down, who's going to make it, but it still mm-hmm. makes it confusing. So I think it's going to be interesting. I, I for one, want to say I want to say Chape makes it in. I think that if you look at his points, he's done very well at these South American events and has been one of the people who has uh, been getting a lot of points through silver, like through smaller local events. And if he's able to, to uh place well this silver event that's that's supposedly happening then uh yeah i think that probably gives him enough points and uh fuck it let's see spark in spark has to like get top i think maybe top 16 top 12 or something like this it's gonna be tough because he has to outplace ben by maybe like two different placings but i think that would be something that he's available to do able to do um so yeah that's gonna be really cool i just wanted to give a little run through there because it's something that we've kind of talked about in the abstract before, but we not we haven't really talked about like actually who ends up making it. And maybe this is a horrible segment, <laughs> and maybe you will <laughs> post a comment on it. Uh, but uh, hey, that's just free engagement. So that's going to be something to watch out for at Apex right there. Performances of Ben, Amita, Spark, and obviously Moki, who is at Apex and is just going to probably sh- uh, shoot up even higher. But yeah, are, I, are I those like the really only players who can make it by points at this point? Yeah, you Apex? got really weird things like, you know, you would you would need Rishi to like win. <laughs> okay. 
I was gonna like, say like what's what's the odds like Triff gets in because Triff is like Triff isn't going to anything else anymore. Okay, yeah, we, we're we're at the point where this is the last week, uh, and even if you like squeeze points out of a silver, <clears throat> it, it really you got to really be close. So you've got players like we've got some Apex players who are going uh, who are pretty high up there, like Rishi. Um, I know Toussaint and Polish and Aklo are going to Apex, but yeah, it's they have to like literally play some of the best melee they've ever played place like top three, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, <laughs> and then they're in, uh, which is not impossible, right? We've saw Polish place top three at a big special tour event before, but it's maybe something that is not incredibly likely. So I, I I'm interested to see what comes out of this, but uh, yeah, let's, let's talk about apex. We're, Cause we're, we're talking about what's going to happen in that special tour. It all matters about apex, but let's get into apex itself. Walt, you, uh, you've gotten to see a similar point than I did. How, what are your, what are your thoughts on apex? Is this a trick? I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know how to answer this. So mm. to defer mm. this question, Edwin, you look like you've been wanting to say something for a minute while I think of an answer to that. Look, uh, uh, I'll be honest. When they brought back the Apex brand, I was not happy. I think the I think you know Apex has its place in melee history. It used to be one of our biggest majors. It happened every year. It was a you know it was a scene defining major for for better or worse. And uh, I would I would have said that near the end it was definitively for worse. Uh, I was a uh, I think the brand itself is really toxic. Just like personally, I spoke you know I, I've I've spoken with people that were in the scene like leaders of the scene around when apex was like one of the big four forerunners or one of the big series and all of them, you know, ubiquitously had really bad things to say about the series, both because mm-hmm. of, you know, Alex strife being the head behind it, the event itself, not being particularly well run coming at the start of a, you know, at the start of the, you know, when smash started to break out into the more like streaming and like public competitive gaming sphere and everything. So I was very hesitant to, um, to like support this event in any way and in a way i, I still kind of am a little uh I'm, I'm on the fence about you know bringing back the name even if it's something symbolic but you know i understand that at the same time this is a new team running it it does seem mm-hmm. like the the people working on apex this year in addition to obviously being different than the old staff and everything it does seem like these are people who want to bring something cool to melee i suspect keeping the apex tagline probably has something to do with like sponsor appeal that they would only want to do it if, if i don't know about that but yeah I, well i my guess is that yeah that's i why think that's, that's i think it's a fair guess and Thank you for thank you for taking the blow on that immediately because I didn't know what direction we were going to take on this no, I, on this no, conversation. I mean, I, but no, I mean, I mean, yeah, Apex has you know a really toxic history in the in the Smash scene. It it has a very important history also. But yeah, when it when it came out, I I was a uh, pretty I was pretty disappointed that that the that the the brand was returning. But you know, for whatever it's worth, uh, it's in the scene now. It has a lot of really big players attending the event. I think one thing I think you know again, like I mentioned before, it has a has a different staff that's a bit more you know representative of the scene nowadays. Mm-hmm. I know that Kevin Deere is running it. Kevin Deere is a very friendly guy. He, yep. he runs a good series in Battle of BC. You know, if he was successful there, I hope this event works well. I hope the you know. And this one one of the one of the cool things I'll say about the entrant field here is that you know this is not one of those kind of events where it's like six out of the top ten and then there's a bit of a drop off after mm-hmm. that. I think as far as the depth goes in this event, this is actually quite good. I mean, there's got to be like 
20 it or 30 yeah. top 100 players here. So I think we're going to see a lot of like really interesting matchups when it when it comes to you know like that that real uh you know that top 32 top 64 kind of kind of matches you could expect to see in winners. I think we'll we'll see a lot of interesting combinations. There's a there's some people here also that you know, that we haven't seen in a long time, right? So I think we're we yeah, seen make it like a really deep bracket. Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a certain Falco player who I haven't seen in forever. Wait, I'm yeah, former just... top ten at the projections here. Yeah, that's not who I was referring to, but now that you mention it, yeah, I, I kind of wonder what he's doing here. Yeah, I I hope for the best for the people who I know who are involved with Apex, but I I do have to hesitate oh, before shit. I yeah, sorry, uh, I'm just seeing all this. <laughs> I I have a lot of hesitation huh. before I really want to praise Apex, and uh, who knows, maybe like <laughs> who. Yeah, I mean, so this is, this is a generous thing I could say. People, people thought the Evo brand was bad, and then uh, what happens is they hired one of literally the best people who are is in the entire esports business, which is Rick the Hodo, uh, and he built it and put a lot of care into it and hired the right people. And now Evo is a brand that had a fantastic 2022 event and has gone from everyone going, "Ugh, do we have to go to Evo?" to like being like, "Fuck, man, I really want to go to Evo." Uh, yeah, I, I, dude. E, but Evo also has 10 billion X smash money, so that's kind of yeah. like it's a tough sell to be like, "I'm what look, is I was what is the cost raised. of change?" I know, I know you, <laughs> and I agree with both of your points. But it's kind of like, listen, if if at the end of the day, it's a tournament. I enjoy watching tournaments. I enjoy I enjoy melee. I love this game. I will still watch the tournament. But when the cost of changing an event name is essentially free. I don't see why you wouldn't just do that because like, again, like this is an outsider's perspective looking in, but someone who, in in my opinion, I think I have a pretty decent understanding of marketing and branding overall. You're just asking for trouble to do this. <laughs> I don't know why. Like you're mad because like you want a... the apex brand to put on your little sweatshirts. <laughs> I do. I do. And I'm tired of admitting that I don't <laughs> No, I just think like it's it just seems, you know, we're what, seven years removed from from the event. It's like, yeah, literally you can, you can further brand from something totally different further from the last apex than I think it was. The last apex was from the first apex. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's like, it, you know, there there is a level of disconnect where I'm sure there are people in the community who don't know about the history that well, because it is seven years ago. Right. But for the people that do and it and it serves as like a way of like being a trigger or being something that's just like unpleasant to think about for it. It's like what you know, again, I, I respect all of the people who are involved in the back end because they get way too much shit about this mm-hmm. stuff when it comes to organizing events and, and you know, the amount of money, time and just like heartache that it gives them uh, at almost zero praise from anyone in the community for it. So I get it from that perspective, but it's like, again, the, 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 the marketing value of changing the name is, is pretty high overall. And I yeah. don't really think you lose out on uh, my personal opinion. I don't think you lose out on potential sponsors or branding to change the name from, from apex to something else. Right. And it just seems like a, an overall good move for optics. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, right. This is something that we don't really know. Um, uh, I just will say, that you're right. There are a lot of people who have a 
pretty negative view of the Apex brand. Um, all of them probably do happen to be more lost in the sauce than the people of the positive view. So maybe that comes into play when they think about it. But what, like what it comes down to is that any mistake that is made by Apex is going to be a lot harsher on them than if it were a different tournament series. Yep. Like if they do anything poorly, um, if they make any questionable decisions, which you could argue that letting West Balls in, a player who this is his first major of the year, he uh, very notably got banned from Genesis uh, for reasons that are not public, right? Like we we don't know, um, but. <laughs> being banned from one tournament series and led into another might raise some questions. And if you are apex, you probably don't want any questions raised about you because the things that might be like, uh, bad for some events are probably going to be a lot worse for apex. Cause they already have that association. It's the You've- good player timeline, man. You get <laughs> one bad loss and everyone starts talking about you not being good or not being able True. to be number one, man. It's just, I don't know. It's there. There are two. Yeah. There, I mean, everything has to go right. And you're, you're right. I don't want this to go to the staff because I have been in situations where you're kind of like, if I don't do this, someone else will. And I can't guarantee that they'll do it as well as I will. Like you, you don't yeah, really necessarily absolutely. want to see something fail. And <clears> I'm sure that like production and people behind the scenes, right? We mentioned deer deer is yeah, great. Course. Um, that like, it's hard to, to harp on apex without also being like, no, the people running it are good. Um, but yeah, let's let's see. It's it's going to be interesting to see. And honestly, something that I didn't even plan to talk about on the show, but it is important to me that like we it gets mentioned. Um, I would personally probably like to see another tournament series have success. Uh, I do get a little confused when I think about whether or not I want the tournament series named Apex to have success. But uh, as far as the event that's going to be happening, yeah, I wish them the best. Uh and we, we need fewer events that fail in the Smash community. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe a rebrand would be nice. But but here, let's let's get into Bracket. Because you talked about Edwin. This is an event that I honestly didn't think would be that stacked. Uh, and it had, you know, they, they touted HBOX. I thought it was going to be another, like, HBOX wins over JMOOC event. But this has really become a pretty big event. And one that uh, we talked about. If you are going to be contending for the best in the world, this is probably one you want to win. So... We've got a couple of interesting players here. Does anyone want to pick out any sort of uh, upset potential players or players who are able to go on a big run? I know people have uh, bracket has maybe changed since then, but I know people are talking about Moki's potential or Axe's Fox coming back out. But is there anyone that is, uh, you know, spoken to either one of you in terms of like bracket potential here? Um, I can't anybody? like speak on a specific like path. But one one person who I think absolutely should not be slept on is Cermaris. Uh That yeah. guy has been like a that guy's been a hidden boss in like West Virginia for a really long time. He used to kind of you could kind of find him like his once a year performance would be at like Mountain of Dreams or something where he'd like beat a top Midwest player, take a set and like beat the rest of uh, West Virginia or whatever. But I think uh, this year has actually been like uh, I think this is like. I don't want to call it a breakout yet because we yeah. have to wait till the ranking is out. But I think if there's a year for Samaras to like officially cement himself top hundred and finish in that echelon, oh, you call it a breakout, break. man. Come on, <laughs> he's got the wins. He he's got Samaras has some really amazing wins. You know, we we obviously the um there was the Magi set at uh I want to say it was Big House. 
like yeah, I mean he had he had other tournaments where he he had a Riptide tournament. Like he's just being all these good players um, mm-hmm. who are like probably just under the radar of being top fifty, top one hundred, maybe even. Uh, but has just like so few bad losses and is able to to put together. Like a pretty solid resume. Yeah, it's one of those things. I don't even know if I'd call it a breakout because I think that everyone who already knows about Stormares is, is not surprised that they are suddenly, you know, possibly being in the top 80 or whatever I, they're, they're going to be. I actually haven't seen a lot of uh, them, but Peach Main, right? Yeah. I think. Yep. Okay. That's like the extent of what I've what I've seen. Maybe I think I saw the Magi set and that's pretty much it from from my side. So yeah, that is so th- that's pretty cool. Yeah, the the Magi set at um Big House Army, whatever that matters to you, as like when you think about. That's, I mean, uh, yeah, they beat what? Ober and Real Thing also. So apparently they have they Shabba. held all out for the Falcos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like they they obviously have really good wins, and uh, it's this thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talked about it before, like a player who's not been able to do much and now suddenly attends more. Uh, yeah, I really want to see what Apex looks like for Sir Maris because that is by no means a clean victory if Sir Maris is in your path. Uh, I just want to point out a projection on top 96 is uh, set between LL Bean LI and Nancy's Bitch. And I, th- I just find that really funny to me. Who you got there? I I gotta go with Nancy's bitch, man. I'm yeah, sorry. Okay, all right. I know I know it's I know it's on the projection, so it's kind of uh, <laughs> I'm kind of just following the trend here. But so I saying? think Nancy's bitch is uh, I think that's uh, Smokey. I mm. think Nancy's bitch is Smokey. Mm. Oh, is pulling, it pulling the curtain back okay. a little? Are we, Edwin? I'm pretty okay. Sure yeah, then Smokey, I then right? I total I totally have them. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta let people believe that Nancy's bitch is. A I just wanna, I wanna root for Nancy's bitch. Yeah. Um, my my player that I uh, would have loved to see qualify to Smash World Tour, but uh, after your explanation of the numbers, <laughs> seems like it will. It is truly impossible. Uh, hashtag France sweep, man. Yes, I, I knew you were gonna say it. Yeah, you, you're right. This is the yeah. one time you're allowed to love your Doctor Mario. Oh my your, gosh, your Mario compatriots. I, I mean, I've been a France believer for a long, long time. So mm. I, the, their bracket looks pretty okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Fran- France definitely is someone who kind of similar to Sir Maris in a way. You know, France has been top 100, but has really put all their ch- chips into um, 2022. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, he's going to uh, save a Mr. Lombardi. He already went to, he mm-hmm. he's going to apex. I think he's going to do main stage and, and uh, probably going to do Panda cup because that's a SoCal event. It's been already going to stuff like the big house. Obviously had a pretty good run there. Yeah. I mean, he is a player who's like gone from someone who was like, Oh yeah. Franz is okay. To probably, you know, honestly knocking on the door of top 50. I think that is a great pick. Rishi in his path. That's not bad. I mean, he, Franz took a game on Zane at the first main stage. That was a thing. Beat, uh, he beat Kadarin in a best of three, uh, at, uh, at save Mr. Lombardi last week. So I, I think the biggest, like for France too, it's like, cause I've, I've interviewed with them before about mm-hmm. just kind of like their thoughts on this character. It's like, it's, it's just Falco. Like you just can't play against fiction. It's really the biggest thing. 
Well, they have a set but, win on uh, Bobby Big Walls, don't they? They do. They do. Yeah. yeah. But Fal- Falco and, and Puff in particular are just way too impossible for that character, I think. Like, it's just too, it's it's just a lot of work. Falco. Puff is just, like, not winnable, I think, in a lot of matchups, but. Yeah. Well, how, how about this? I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> uh, first off, shout outs to Melee Stats, Lunar Dusk, who has currently in his nice. path as Bobby Big Balls. That could be doable. I think that Lunar is a player who kind of maybe maybe not too much fanfare has been putting up close to a top 50 resume of just going to events, doing really mm-hmm. well, um, has very few bad losses, has a lot of good wins. You know, and uh, if you want to look to a reason why he might be able to beat Bobby Big Balls, he also has a Magi win from uh, was that Shine, Edwin? Shine 2022, right? Beat Magi. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's he uh, like he's Magi def- and Kem from there. He beat Magi, he beat Kem there as well. Yeah, he's definitely got a list of, of very good top wins. And uh, Bobby is someone who is, can be absolutely suffocating. And Bobby is someone who also, uh, you know, he lost to Franz, lost to Ringler. Like, he's he's definitely able to lose to these uh, kind of weirder characters. So I really want to see Lunar do this. I know that Lunar had like a last hit set with Ginger at Riptide. So getting to that see him get, get another... Too, right? Was it close? Uh, I can't remember. I don't now. remember. I, I was actually not able to watch that one. I was in Smash Camp without any internet, but I did get to see his Josh Manlin. Th- so why I'm do like, I think it was game five? I don't know. Am I like smoking weed for that? I don't know. But regardless, even if he, regardless of what happened in that mega set, we know that he's very good. So so beating Bobby Big Balls is definitely on his, uh, like definitely something he can do. Uh, if he wins, he gets to play Hbox, who he will... Hey. Puff Ditto? I don't know what he does for that, but regardless, that'll be fun. Uh, but another pick I want to make is a run back from Genesis this year, Genesis Losers Bracket, which would have been for 65th place, uh, Moki versus Wally. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. The legend of Wally goes very deep, and this is someone who, with all love and admiration, I will say, uh, is one of the more high variance players we've seen. He's definitely a player where if you get Wally in the peak Wally, you're going to have to watch out because that's the guy who like three O's up and beats Zane and messes up Skurzo. And like the wins of, of that Wally are, are very long. Then there's the Wally who like, does Mateo not want to sends Wally to the wood chipper. <laughs> there's the Wally who loses to Pleba uh, and the Wally who plays puff. Like there's a couple different Wally's out there. And, and you know, Moki, uh, that <laughs> Moki might be playing the wrong Wally because Wally is very comfortable in the Fox matchup um, mm-hmm. and has done very well versus top players. It's kind of the lower level pl- or the, the like lower end top 100, maybe just outside top 100 players who he's been struggling with. So if he's able to, to get to Moki play in a peak position, he, I think took Moki to game three at their uh, set in Genesis. I would not be shocked to see that come again to, to, to have another close set so i want to see that uh if wally wins that he plays the winner of ginger swooper that could be very interesting as well yeah so wally and lunar dusk are going to be my two picks for people to look out for probably not uh the the like coolest picks i can make but i honestly think that they can make a run um edwin is there anyone else who you want to mention or should we just talk about who can win the entire thing just really quick, I want to mention that we could have a pound run back of uh, AMSA versus Polish right before oh, Tom yeah. 16. I think, I think that's a very juicy <clears throat> ma- matchup. Yeah, that, that would be really cool. Polish, someone who's 
Uh, I wouldn't say in like desperate need of having a uh, like a little bit of a career renaissance, but somebody they took who, a step if, back a little bit in results. If they're able to, to, yeah, if they're able to end the year with having another marquee win, I think that'd be really important for them because they've had a year that uh, is still really even good. if they beat the same person. <laughs> yeah, throw two wins on there. He beat Amza. Uh, 2-0, who cares? That's great. Uh, but yeah, that, that'll be interesting to see. I think that's a great one to pick out. Speaking of Amsa, what are your thoughts on Edwin? Do you think Amsa can win this thing? <laughs> oh, I man. think I think that Amsa, I think that he has better than 50 to 1 odds to, to, okay. to win this tournament. Uh, I actually I, I have my uh, prediction actually entirely written out in a uh, in story form. So uh I, I can I, I'm gonna say that Amza can win it, but he's not my pick. So okay. I'll, I'll get to my so pick. You're later. not gonna spoil yourself early if you want to. I guess is this on Monday morning, Marth? No, no. It's a uh, my my college friends and I were talking about Apex, and I oh, told them, "You want to know what will happen at Apex? Okay, this is what's gonna happen." I wrote, <laughs> right, well, wrote out this, you wrote the like, script. That's yeah. beautiful. That, it's, it's crazy that you're doing this on your spare time, not putting it out. <laughs> But this is beautiful. Let's okay. We'll wait to to get to you. We'll end. Thank you, thank you. The predictions with you, Walt, Walter. I don't know if you had time. Do you actually? Do you want? Do you want a couple minutes? Right. No, no. I, okay. I I've been thinking about this. Hero, so heroes uh, journey. I, did, I I didn't write a script. But here's, so here's my here is my uh, hotly contested, super up for debate, um, really really hot take. For this tournament, which after now hearing what Anok has to say is going to make him laugh really loud. And I, I don't know <laughs> if I truly believe this will be the outcome, but this is what my heart says. Uh, Amsa and JMook are projected to play for top eight. The winner of that set can win the tournament. Sure. Um, okay. That's like that's my heart read. My my logical read is is probably uh, a Zane win for me yeah i th- i think zane's a great pick zane is always you know what zane very rarely is a bad pick for any of these uh we we've done this show for how long and, and people have been picking yeah zane it's, a lot. it's just pretty safe i think yeah what's gonna happen but I, right? I like i do I, like I, I was looking through projections and like the thing is if it goes and and it never really goes this way like as we know but if we do get amsa jmook in this particular sector of like mm-hmm. a top eight qualifier so that means what we get amsa or jmook into ibdw which yeah jmook is a little bit better into cody than than amsa i would argue um and then what for winners final zane potentially i think it's like for the jmook win that that's like a really really strong path right because you get mm. hbox on the opposite side of winners he can just lose before he even sees jmook and then that's just like a path for jmook to win the tournament that's why i think that that set in particular would be really important if it actually gets there but who knows maybe we'll get axe fox again who knows well i mean upsets. projected what i have projected on here in terms of uh what Smash GG projects is Hungrybox, Moki, and Zane Axe. I don't think that's projected straight seeding, though. So I'm I'm interested in if that gets swapped or if that's going to just play mm-hmm. out. Uh, but that really does affect it, right? If you have to play Axe, even if you're Zane, who has been 
3-0 on Axe this year, that's someone who you still don't want to see. That's always going to be scary. Oh, yeah. I, he, he could win again, and the next time I'm like, no, he's not gonna, he's not gonna win again. It's Axe, dude. It's, it's Axe like, versus uh, Mars. I talked to Pengu about Plup versus Zane a while back, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, no, Zane's got it. Plup's lost the last like four in a row. I was like, no, that doesn't work like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's when it comes to like. Zane and, and, and Plup or Zane and Axe, it's like, no, it doesn't. And then the next set they play, Plup won. This is before Summit 15 or Summit 13. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. It's like Zane can win a lot. That means a lot to me. Uh, and I'm very impressed by it. But that doesn't mean I think that he can't lose. So ha- him having Axe, uh, if that ends up coming true, it would be very hard. Hbox having Moki, that'd be very hard. Um, Amsa and Jmook, hard for each one of them. And then. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not about to say that Aklo is going to be easy for IBW if that comes to seed. Um, it, so this it, is just honestly, yeah, bloodbath <laughs> potential. Aklo already has a set on IBW this year from uh, a regional. So I, according to Cody, it doesn't count. Uh, and you know, we've seen Amsa and Jmook beat each other up. Moki's not done it yet in person, but those sets look pretty damn close. And honestly, the fucking. Big house one. I really thought he had it. And then, uh, yeah, Zanax, what, what more needs to be said? So who knows? This could be a really crazy one. But I guess if I had to make a pick, maybe this is like a tier below picking Zane in terms of uh, like it's safeness, but uh, or, or safety, I guess. But I'll pick uh, I'll pick Cody. Cody here has Aklo, who is probably not the best person that he'd want in terms mm-hmm. of uh, just like anyone here. But if you look at every other person who they've got to play, you, you're probably happy that you have Aklo instead of like Moki or, well, I mean, he personally, he'd be okay with Axe. But, but you know, like he uh, he's got a little bit of a better draw than everyone else has in, in that um, round. And yeah. uh, he's historically done really well versus Amsa and Jmook, even though he's lost sets to them. He's definitely the person who is projected to win. Uh, and then, yeah, if he ends up playing Hbox, he's done very well versus Hbox this year. And if he ends up playing Zane, maybe he gets into Zane's head again, and, and suddenly Zane Dude, ends up getting reverse three out. It's something like that, but also like if Cody just comes in with that same whatever it was, like game three mentality that he has in yeah. all of those sets. Oh my god, yeah. That, then that's like that's almost like a no brainer pick for me, where it's like if I could just be Cody, like that needs to get a reverse three zero. that mentality just feels so unbeatable. Like, I don't know how he just tapped into that, but it seems yeah. like he's figured out a way to like, to unlock that potential within himself. Walt and, and Edwin, do you, do you, do you guys remember when this was a big thing about Cody was his mentality? Do you remember that? Yeah. That's why I brought it up because yeah. I feel like, like no one talks about that anymore. It was, it was a big, people were like, Cody's good. But he's not going to be great until he gets his mentality figured, which is a very funny thing to say because it's not as easy as doing that. Um, But yeah, he was a guy who the losers runs were not there early in his career. And and you'd see him get like fucking destroyed at certain points. And you're like, well, looks like he's not going to really be able to make it. Uh, And then he has Summit, uh, Summit 8, I think, where he ended up like going 03 in pools and then getting fourth or something like that like whatever it was he ended up getting really like a really good placing i think that's where he got his first hbox and mango wins um 
I hope that's right. <laughs> Cause if not, I'm just fucking making my own story. Uh, but yeah, that was, you know, he had this amazing run. Uh, I think also was it that smash con where he got destroyed by none, where he ended up having a good run. Yes. Yeah. Codeine Schwab. Uh, like he has been able to do these things that we've always like, you know, counted him out for. Uh, and you're right. He's gotten to the point where Cody is probably the most like even keel and just like hard to, to like disrupt player that we have right now. Uh, probably except for hbox who like is in his own that's his own thing Uh, (laughs) hbox is not on the spectrum in terms of like choker yeah because it's different right he can still lose (laughs) these sets yeah and like and you're just like yeah well i think he might have won that set if he got one (laughs) other like up air (laughs) like (laughs) yeah yeah you john for him like months and months later where you're just like well i don't it's like uh, yeah, and, and like in a way where he's not locked in the way that Cody is, because you're right mm-hmm. when that when you see Cody in these types of things, he just looks like upset proof. Um, and when you put that type of player versus Zayn, uh, or versus Hbox, or versus all these other players, when you have that leg up, it's like yeah, that is like that's gonna really help you. He uh, Zayn, the Zayn set was reverse three zero as well, right? It was, yeah. I don't know how many other players you can put in down O2 versus Zane and O2 versus Hbox and have them come out the other end, but he did it, and <laughs> he did both of them like he was like cool as a cucumber, confident. So I want to see if that if that IBW comes to play. That is someone who I'm scared for if I'm Zane because you you look at you're like damn That's we still got pick. three more events at yeah. the end of the year and I got to totally. deal with this guy. Because you know he's going to win Apex and be like, well, I think I'm number one. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to see that happen. I think that having another, like, just Melee is better when everyone's playing at their best. And I know that Cody, obviously, I I got to talk to him about Summit, that I, uh, you know, this year was, it really feels like it should be a wash with all he's gone through. Uh, Hand issues, and obviously, you know, if you've read his Twitter, he's been very open about the personal issues that has been keeping him back. Um, But it really feels like this year should have been a wash. This year should have been the one where you go, well, he had a lot going for him. So, you know, but it's not been, it's the year where he shows that he is like, despite all of this has been playing probably the best melee that he's played ever. So Mm -hmm. yeah, if he continues that melee is better to have competitors like him in it. So I want to see it. And uh, let's see Edwin budding. It was a stormy night in Secaucus, New Jersey. (laughs) So, Jake Here's Toronto, the thing. I, I sat alone at the bar. <laughs> I wrote uh, I wrote all this before bracket change, so I'm just swapped around some of the names. And if I okay. mess something there's up, there's no like I'll, there's there's I don't know if you were into Tumblr. There's no like NSFW stuff, right? No, there's we're no. We're not going to get demonetized. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to get demonetized. We're not going to get banned. We're not going to lose our Twitch channel. I hate how I hate how YouTube. like you had. You felt like you needed to ask, though, because you weren't 100% sure. <laughs> like... Yeah, dude, I don't know how that Hungry Box IBW set's going to end. <laughs> I gotta ask. Right. <laughs> okay, do you want to know what happens? Do you want me to spoil Apex 2022? Yeah, yeah, read us. Please, after I tell you, Please spoil it. Yeah, you us. won't even have to watch this whole weekend, okay? Okay, good, So good. Th- this is what's going to happen. I've changed some of the names just to fit bracket because my crystal ball was a little blurry. but Crystal but this ball is, this ain't so it's crystal good. clear. Beastie Boys. Okay, no, sorry. I was going to go into sabotage, but I'm sorry. Oh my god, what am I doing? Okay, so this is what's going to happen. 
Hungry Box is going to go down like 2-0 to Moki, but he's going to reverse 3-0 him. And he's going to yeah. reverse 3-0 him in, in, in like a really devastating way. Moki's like, going to be up game five, right? He's going to be up like game four and H-Box is going to yeah. make like a big comeback and then like destroy him game five, right? So yeah, sure. that's, that, that's how it would go. And then this is what's going to happen with IBDW. He's going to come really close to losing to Rishi, but he's going to like clutch it out. But he's not going to be. He's he's going to be like really upset about it. And then I think like I think Aklo is going to like beat him, but he's going to beat him in like a really unsatisfying way, where it's like where it's like where it feels like Cody might SD twice or something, and it feels like he shouldn't be like losing the set or whatever. Maybe Cody like three stocks in one game or something, but Aklo is going to win like three one. Then uh, I think Jmook will probably beat Amsa in like a pretty exciting set like a five game set or something and uh zane will beat who uh whoever came comes before winner's quarters and then axe is gonna finally beat him right so this will set up a winner's semis of i think aklo versus jmook which is going to be like a 3-1 victory for jmook he's gonna he's gonna hit a bunch of clips it's gonna look like really amazing and everything that'll leave us into hungry box versus axe which is going to be like a which is going to be a 3-0 but it's going to be like a really boring 3-0 like i'm gonna say like 12 minutes like maybe axe takes like game three and it's last stock but the other the other three games are like all two stocks we're this gonna like us- axe is gonna do like one or two cool things we're gonna go <gasps> and then but it's like really just hbox destroying him the entire time yeah, like he might do it when he's and like be down. Like, oh, and that that actually was kind of close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, yeah, that was a really close, like competitive three-one. It's not. We we all knew that HBox is going to win, right? <laughs> and then this le- this leads us to a uh, to a ga- to a game five winners finals between uh, Jmook and Hungerbox. It's going to be really back and forth. Okay, so Jmook's going to like win the first game by two stocks. Hungerbox is going to come back with like a really close Dreamland game. Uh, Jmook will respond with like a two stock of his own on stadium or yoshi's or wherever he takes them then what's going to happen in game four is that a hungry box is going to take him somewhere and jmook is going to lose like a game that we all like walk away thinking like oh like he probably should have won that game like hbox is going to make this like really big comeback or whatever then game five uh jmook is going to take a four stock to two stock lead hbox will take the first stock his first stock and then quickly rest jmook to go down like one stock to two and then what will happen is that it goes to last stock and HBox hits like three back airs in a row for the effing F combo, but like 2.0 on JMook this time. JMook is going to like quickly fist attempt to fist bump HBox as he like gets up and like picks up the chair or whatever. But like JMook, <laughs> as soon as he notices HBox is like already off the, like out of his field of vision, he's not even going to like try to fist bump him he's just gonna like un like plug like unplug his controller like wrap it up and walk off stage or whatever but jmook will beat whoever comes through losers finals and go to grand finals for a rematch with hungry box but this time there's no drama there's no game five it's just like a sweet merciful like eight minute quick two stock two stock two stock uh where it's like a quick and painless death and hungry box will win the tournament so wow. Edwin, last time you were on the show, you made a prediction that Amsa was not going to win the big house. You did 50 to one odds. What odds <laughs> are you looking for that all of this happens exactly? Oh God, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't calculated that. I think uh, you would need to not work again. Like for, I think it'd be like generational wealth type thing, right? <laughs> Cause yeah, you, this would include like, the pop off and it, like HBox not fist bump like this this would be yeah, yeah the J not fist bumping is said. a little far fetched. Can you yeah. send this to us so that what, I'm gonna. 
follow this pretty closely now <laughs> just to make sure anyway, yeah well, after yeah. now again i had to change some of the names around because bracket changed but uh but yeah i can send you the the exact message that i sent my group of friends. if i if i see one thing on this list that starts to line up to what's actually happening i'm gonna i won't be well i think <laughs> it's not <laughs> gonna be, be a good scary. time yeah god yeah the bad news is right. i did this for main stage smash world tour finale and panda cup finale also but mm-hmm. uh when when we get to that those episodes of waiting for game oh, good. we have I'll... to go through this again <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice story time well i say i'm a gifted storyteller <laughs> sure <laughs> uh i your story has been very enlightening here uh so maybe hey who knows maybe i think hbox this is kind of the type of thing where if he starts winning then yeah that makes it really interesting so we've got hbox we've got cody we've got zane and a heart pick for jay mook i think that happens every every week or so that we do this i think there's always someone who's like oh well, i want jay mook to win <laughs> yeah we all do dude uh but no i think that apex is going to be a very interesting tournament one to look out for and uh I, for one, Walt, I don't know if you're in. I'm, I'm down to do the Edwin Budding prediction drinking challenge. If any of them happen, take a sure. shot. Let's do it. Uh, so so we'll see there. But uh, yeah, let, let's uh, let's wrap up Apex discussion because we're kind of coming to the end of it. We've got uh, maybe one, one or two more things to do. Walt, uh, every time we have a guest on, we ask for questions from our patrons. All right, here we go. And, uh, you know, we've we've have this thing where... Uh, they write bad questions and I come on here and I'm like, oh, bad questions again. And then they usually write some pretty good questions um, and we do this kind of back and forth. And then every time I praise them for their questions, they rest on their laurels and come back with pretty shit questions the next time. <laughs> um, honestly, I got to say, they've been pretty good recently. I don't know what's going on. Maybe yeah. really creative people are losing these bets to Edwin to join our Patreon. But we've gotten some really good questions. And uh, I I, I'm sure I've said this before, but I mean it now more than ever that I really think these are some of the best batch of questions that we've ever had. Really, questions that we left off would have been the best question some other guests. So uh, so we've got four questions for you from our patrons, and I will uh, I will start first, I believe. Right, Edwin? Um, So this is from Jack Zilla. All right. Jack asks, how long do you think it'll take after you die for you to be completely forgotten? (laughs) 50 years, 100 years, more? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Holy what, shit. What, what do you um, think? God, after I die, I, I the the sad truth is I don't think it'll be long. Maybe like, I don't know. What's completely forgotten mean though? Is that a melee uh, thing Yeah, or is that- I guess I guess that's like it depends on what your definition is, right? You could have yeah, if if you have kids or grandchildren or something. Yeah. Shit. I don't know. I, I think like twenty five to fifty years is probably the answer I have for that. Mm. If I have kids, they they're they're not <laughs> lasting without me. I don't know. I'm carrying True. this legacy. True, yeah, they're <laughs> I that is a t- that is a very uh, existential question that I need to I need to sit on after a after a nice cocktail hmm. and just think about. But yeah, I think I would say 25 to 50 years, probably probably closer to like 30, 30 years. And then just give us a, are just give be us like a number, a whole integer. Yeah, just give us, 30. Just pick, 
30. 30, exactly. 30 years. Yeah. Nice. When when do you expect to die in this scenario? When do I, like, oh, God, an age? That's, like, pretty dark. Or, like, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm just if, if you're only lasting 30 years, like, what scenario? Like, Okay, so, soon? like, I'm, I'm going out old? at, like, let's say, okay, so I'm, I'm Chinese, so, like, I'm going to die at, like, 98, probably. Okay. But, you know, let's say I, yeah. like, I don't make it to 100, and that's really sad or whatever. And my kids will be about, I don't know, how old, how old would I have been when I have kids? Let's say they're like in their fifties. Then yeah. if I'm dying at 98, I don't yeah, know. 30 years that, you know, that might be, well, actually that makes me 48 when I'm having a kid. So let's, let's say they're in their sixties yeah, or like, you know, 65 or something like that. Yeah. 30 years they're gone. It's over. They're not, I'm, I, I'm not letting them last as long as me. True. Well, it's a beautiful life that you've uh, painted for yourself. <laughs> second, the second best story that I've heard today, the first being the, the one where HBox wins and, <laughs> and J-Mook doesn't fist bump. Uh, sp- speaking of which, Edwin, I think you've got another question, right? Yeah, this one is from Vlerk. So, Walt, what's a hot topic in the scene that you simply don't have an opinion on? Dude, f- fucking most of them. I think they're all, I think they're all really? so bad. I, I don't know why, like, the collective community chooses to just, like, get up in arms about fucking anything. And then they just, like, like, we just dogpile the shit out of it. So now I think so many people just realize that you just you just turn it into content or, like, tweets mm. at this point. Mm. We were like, oh, L canceling is a bad mechanic. Like, who the fuck cares? Why are we talking about this? This is I the meme of, uh, okay. of the two people fighting. You're in the back. You're just watching, right? At this point, yeah, like there are some things where I think, uh, you know, like maybe I'll go to bat for some for like wobbling. What do you want? Well, wobbling legal or not? I I, I'm down to let it rock either way. (laughs) Like for a long time, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I don't know know. if you're running for president. I'm not sure if this is working for my vote. That's uh, you know what? That's fine, man. I'm buying your vote anyway. With all the this money can, that you this made campaign from, is that, you 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 <laughs> you're buying me my vote with all the money that you made from the content on the topics that you refuse right. to argue. You're damn right. You're damn right. Mm. You're, no, you're, I, I think like they just dirty. we just get so fucking angry about stupid things, and it's just like we're just playing. So just a to be video clear, game, L canceling is your pick for the hot topic that you don't I, have an opinion. It, on. It's it's my pick because it's the most recent. I want you to have an opinion on L to- L canceling though. L topic. <laughs> I, I think L canceling. I think L canceling is a good mechanic. Okay. And so I got into a. I got so into this is a, not your answer. I got okay, into so a talk you do with, have an opinion with on, it. on it. I do have an opinion on it, but it's like I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna destroy someone over it because like. Oh, but it's that's different. not the question, Walt. <laughs> the question is, which one do you not have an opinion on? Uh, what's give let's me, go down the list. Controllers in there. Um, as in like. My me not having opinion being I don't care. Yeah, controllers probably. I think bo- I think box control like I like box controllers and regular controllers. It's whatever. Hmm. Um. What about uh? How about this? Do you have an opinion on on Pipsqueak's uh? Pipsqueak got his haircut. Did you see that? He got his haircut during Summit. Send me send me a picture of it. Mm, okay. Oh, you were referencing the haircut. I thought you were gonna bring up his bit. <laughs> Uh, well, everyone hates that bit. That's not even a question. <laughs> okay. Good. Wait, the, the up for debate thing? Yeah. 
That's not even yeah. his bit. It's it's <laughs> Trevor. It's Cantrip's bit that he just took. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. He he saw so much made for Ultimate. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Melee doesn't have this. Yeah, that, that's the kind of type of thing that I thought you would like. He saw an opening in the, uh, in I, the marketplace. I respect the hell out of it, man. Hang on. Here, here, here it is. Uh, you've got a picture of Pipsqueak? Pipsqueak's haircut. Yeah, thank you to JD. Okay, I've got one. I've got one this from is... him at Summit. This includes the uh, $4 chain that I went to Walmart to get for him. I think this is a good haircut. I have an opinion on this. This is a good haircut. What about the chain? What do you think about the chain? The chain is fine. It's <laughs> I could do without it, but it's okay. Uh, he is a, he's a wonderful little lad. He told me that he wanted his haircut when he went, goes back to Europe, and I was like, why not today? That's such a <laughs> that's such a like father and son moment you two had right there. He just straight up said, "Dad, I want I need to get a haircut." I said, "I think it'd be great if you walk in to Summit after beating Hbox the day before and you have a fade." And he said, "You're right. That's great." <laughs> and the the story to this is that Joshman was also supposed to get a fade, uh, but ironically got a little too faded the night before and nice. slept in. Uh, and I was thinking about going to film it, and then I got way too faded the night before. Nice. So Josh, hey, 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 hey! Well, this is a family-friendly show. Okay, let's go on to to the next question. Then. <laughs> this is from Contra. Hey. Uh, Connor asks, "Were you a Chad in high school, or did you get swirlied on the daily?" Dude, I got. I believe in my heart that I actually got bullied when I was younger. Um, I definitely did when I was, uh, like young, young and in mm-hmm. high school, things didn't get like super great until probably, probably around like junior year. So it took a couple years. I think there's like a, like an acclimation period. A lot of kids go through where they're just like, in my case, I, I'm, I'm pretty like introverted. So it was like, I was really quiet and didn't talk to people and like, it didn't really come together for a while until like junior or senior year. So not swirlies, but, but definitely was like weird and didn't know any, how to... any classic, uh, high school. Bo- Did you get pushed into a locker ever? No, we weren't like my school was so nice, man. It was so weird. Like we were, they were so nice to each other. It's a very, and like, I don't really talk to a ton of people from my high school anymore, but, it, it was like the people I do still hang out with. We've always said it's just remarkably strange how like well-mannered everyone mm. was at our school. Like there weren't really fights or like crazy shit going down. Everyone like came from a pretty like okay upbringing and neighborhood and stuff like that. So there wasn't a ton of drama to be had on the, on that front, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, well, let's check the average income of the uh, people there, and then we'll all find right, out why. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I think that the 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 whole like fucking high school things are always played out. They're just cliches from the movies. I don't think people get thrown into trash cans or whatever. Uh, I will I say mean, we we reverse bullied lacrosse players because lacrosse huh. players were supposed to be like super sick and awesome and whatever and we were just like fuck that man like these guys think they're way too cool for everyone else so like we as the collective mm. track and field team who <laughs> obviously had much more clout than, <laughs> than the uh you know the lacrosse players we would do uh an initiative brought on by myself and some others laxbro fridays where we would just like dress up like 
like assholes, honestly, and then just like mm-hmm. pretend to be douchey lacrosse bros. But that was uh, it. That was probably really the extent of us ass. being petty. Yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of lacrosse, let me dox myself real quick. Is that someone who I went to high school with ended up being basically LeBron of lacrosse? Oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah, I was. I found this out like two weeks ago because I knew he was good, and someone like just mentioned him offhand. Yeah, he's like the number one player, MVP, won that's championships, insane. like Damn. just voted number one <laughs> by his peers. Yeah, it's crazy. But speaking of high school, we've got uh, another question from former high school bully himself, Edwin Budding. Nice. Uh, Edwin, you got another question? Uh, yes, I do. Um, although I do want to say that I was never uh, I was never I- swirlied. Um, no, but I definitely wasn't a Chad in high school. No, uh, yeah, no. Well, the the claim was that you're a bully, and you. No, I was. Yeah, a bully. you're definitely. You I've heard the bully. stories. Okay, let's, <laughs> I, I don't want to get hat? into this right now. <laughs> I don't want to get into this right now. Uh, this is from Danger. This is a very funny one. It, okay. it is a uh, spiritually related to bullying. Uh, how do you think you'd fare in a fight versus the host of this podcast? Both at the same time, one on one. I feel like you asked me this question the last time I was on. Um, and my answer is, is uh, Edwin, I'm sorry. It's, it's not even close. I'm, I'm clapping that like all day. Yeah, no, that, no, you'd be, uh, we, I am getting clapped without mm-hmm. any question. Um, was Ambi on the last time you did this? Yes. Yes. So he was, he was the Goldilocks. He was like perfectly in the middle there where he might, I, I like, remember pretty vividly being asked this question and i remember saying that you would probably kick my ass and i was okay with that so i don't yeah i think my answer is pretty much the same like i've been i've been working out a little bit but it's it's still not going to be it's not going to be close you know what if you're talking about melee players and you're talking about fighting it's a very fun topic but nice. if you want to see what it looks like, you can go to the Melee Stats archive and type in Greg Turbo versus Ringler, Smash Camp 2022. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Smash Camp Newlands. And uh, the results of that might thrill you. Honestly, one of our higher viewed VODs. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my, uh, you know, I've never been like super muscular or anything. Like I, I, I did weightlifting for a bit and that was fun, but I've never been muscular, but just as an update on, uh, my physical health and, uh, well-being, I haven't worked out in like months. And my mom told me today that I had to lose weight. So, nice. Damn. So it's not, it's not looking well, too I good. I think you look good. Boy. So I don't, I don't know. I think you, you look great. Looking great is different than winning a fight, though. I'm, I'm still behind. I'm not where I want to be in the is first only, one. I'm definitely wait, not where that, I need is, to is be. Is your mom, saying- like, qualifying you looking good by how well you can win a fight? Because then that's just a that's a different Son, I don't entirely. think you can beat Walt in a fight right <laughs> like, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, think, I, think, I think she actually put it in those words. <laughs> now that okay, you bring it up. Son? Yeah, how, did, how does she know Walt? <laughs> <laughs> Are you guys collaborating? <laughs> Oh my god! But okay, honestly, that's a great segue because you know this is the type of stuff that we talk about in our uh, our last segment, which is the unnamed segment that, uh, of course, the fans know as touching grass. Walt, we had you on when we had this topic, I swear. But for those of you who don't know what it is, this is the topic where we talk about uh, stuff that's been going on in our lives recently. Yes, because okay. you know, generally, it's so easy to just get caught up in all the melee that it's hard to remember that we're multifaceted human beings who do a lot of different things. So I will go first and I will say 
I got the flu at uh, at Summit, and I've been pretty sick for a while. And I will say, uh, I feel pretty fine right now, but uh, still have <laughs> like felt the effects of it a little bit, and definitely felt a little frazzled this episode. So if if there are any weird hosting moments, uh, you can't make fun of me. I'm a sick. I'm sick. <laughs> uh, but that's a, a really lame one to pick. Is that I'm sick. Uh, so I guess if I had to pick another one, I would pick, oh God, what have I been doing? Um, oh, you know what? I, (laughs) there's a show that I've only watched on planes for some reason. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why I just like very like casual relationship where it's just like me and the show. We know what's going on. There's no need to make it anything more than it is. I'll watch you when I'm on the plane and then I will not watch you when I'm (laughs) on land. Uh, so I was on the plane recently because of Summit, and uh, I I watched I finished the first season of Only Murders in the Building, which is the show with mm-hmm. uh, it's on Hulu. It's got uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, and uh, I probably had to see about fifty different tweets from Penguin about how good it was before I wanted to start it, but I did, and it was very charming and has a good uh, yeah, it's got it's got it's got a really good you know tone to it. It's um it's a very fun show to watch. Funny, it's got interesting characters because it's really. It's really easy to like Steve Martin or Martin Short. Uh, but yeah, really quick writing. It's about like a murder mystery type thing, but it's a good play on it. I would say, yeah, if you if you want if you had any uh, inclination to maybe watch it, I would say go for it. Take the jump because it is a good thing. And and I've I've broken the streak while I was sick. I, I watched it on land. I started season two on Hulu. <laughs> nice. uh, so maybe I will continue to watch it without having to take an airplane to justify it. But, but yeah, that's my pick being very sick from the flu and only murders in the building. Edwin Budding, what's going on with you, my man? Yeah, so um, I mentioned before that my mom uh, called, called me fat and out of shape and told me I need to lose weight. So uh, I'm still not over that. That happened today. I had a whole like, uh, I was going to talk about still kind of going through my uh, fantasy novel and a uh, fantasy binging or whatever. Like I, I recently finished the first book of Cradle which is the this uh, series by Will White. Um, it's pretty. It's a pretty fun read. I wouldn't say it's particularly like, at least so far from the first book. It's not like particularly Omega deep or anything. Like the characters are fine, but it's really fat. It, it's it's kind of a quick read. It's sort of like uh, there's a lot of action. It's fun to read. The writer's got like a fun writing style to convey convey conflict and how things turn out in the story. The world's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it's just been it's been fun. A lot of reading I've been doing lately. Um, a lot of housework also. But yeah, that's that's sort of been it for me. That's sick, Walter. Um, to follow your pattern of answer here, I too got sick. Nice. Uh, beginning of the month, I got COVID. Unfortunately. Oh no! Um, Is this your first time? Oh, no, it was the second time. Mm, uh, that's I think I got it in Mar- in like March ish of this year. Um, but I mean, thankfully, my my symptoms were good for the most part. Like I just felt pretty shitty one day at work and then I just left early, mm-hmm. tested negative that night. And then the next morning I, I legit went on like a four mile run because I called out sick and I was like, I'm just going to go out and I Flex. feel all right. And well, no, because it was bad, but like I felt okay during yeah, the I have run. COVID. I'll then, just go on a four, four mile run. Yeah, why not? Well, like I, I came back because I tested negative and I just called out yeah. for the next day to rest. And I, I came back the from, run. 
Yeah, I came back from the run mm, and then flex. tested <laughs> Edwin, after. sounds like a flex to me. Okay, fine. It was a flex. Fuck you. And <laughs> and then I tested positive there. So that was like, it, it kind of sucked because I, I had to obviously quarantine and not be at work and stuff like that. But ended up working from home and did a little bit of like cooking and whatnot to try to like, I, I cook every night, but try to like get back into flex. that sort of thing. Um Okay, man, I can't do this. <laughs> but my thing is, uh, I I got to bake again, which was very nice. Uh, made some bread the other weekend, which was fun. And this upcoming weekend, I will be going to my alma mater for a football game. Uh, mm. I'm actually leaving tomorrow night, so it's going to be fun. Nice. That sounds cool. What are you? If if you like, you know, let's say you go to uh, Duke, you're a Blue Devil. What are you? Oh, uh, my mascot is so great. We are the Gamecocks. Oh, so South you? Carolina that, that Gamecocks. You, that makes you a a cock, a big yeah. old cock. Yeah, yeah I love funny. it. I love it because we get to just wear hats that say cocks on it. And it's just like normal and people don't don't look weird about it. Yeah. How much of that was affected your decision to go? Uh, actually, not a lot. Uh, the true the true answer to that was um, I had basically an ultimatum when I was graduating high school and my parents said I could go to a good STEM program school for engineering, uh, but I would have to commute and I couldn't live there. So then I just went to South Carolina, which was like 700 miles away instead. So I could live there. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, that sounds very fun. And uh, I do think that it's very funny that you're like, I got sick. The worst part about that was that I couldn't go to work, man. You know, fucking grind set. It's not even here. it wasn't that I, d- I couldn't go to work. It was more like I was nervous about me not appearing at work because okay. I was like taking time off to go to this to go to uh, like, you know, tournaments and, and other stuff. So, yeah, yeah. well, I, I'm glad that you're uh, you're feeling better, I hope. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally cool. fine. Just one bad day. That was it. Mm, that now that's a flex <laughs> <laughs> got COVID again guess what just one day uh yeah it, well it, i gotta say it was great to have you on you know you are a uh, you're a very fun guest very fun to talk to i'm happy to hear that you are doing better and uh yeah so so where can people follow you for a lot of people it might be hard to to not see your posts but for those of you who uh that's right who don't see them and would like to flex, flex. who don't see them and would like to see them where can people follow you uh we are trying to get to i i want to try to get to 60k mm. on youtube hopefully by the end of the year so that's that's probably where i'll point people the most but uh youtube.com slash turn down for walt uh twitter.com slash turn down for walt if uh you want to see tweets that aren't the it's up for debate thing that pips has been doing better um they're not they're really not it's it's <laughs> it's such a low-hanging fruit man it's so easy uh, so much shilling, I, dude. I'm not gonna. I won't say this on the show, but I'll, I'll tell you after. It's just, but yeah, it's it's so easy. Um, and then the only ones that are different are, I think, Instagram and TikTok because the names were taken. So it's turned mm-hmm. down for Walt official, and that's it. Um, but yeah, what's going on on these official Instagram? I mean, what what else was I gonna do? An underscore t turned down for Walt TV. Give me, give me a good alternative here, and then then we'll be done. 
uh, hey man, I, I think you're fine. You're good. It's <laughs> if, if when when someone's on TikTok there and they see the you know like mangoes run at smash summit you know they they're like well i don't know anyone could have stole this oh it's the official channel <laughs> no never mind <laughs> wait you're right maybe i should change my now they introduce youtube handles i'll change my youtube handle to that <laughs> um okay so yeah if you if you want to catch up on you know because if uh i've talked to you about this you're, you're basically the binging with babish of melee where you kind of get all your other minions to do the work and you just be the face of it but which means hey, that you <laughs> no this is a compliment uh because you did it way before binge with babish did it took him years to get to that point uh so but th- this means that you're you're you know you're putting out all these videos on uh like every big tournament so if you want to catch up on what's going on in melee get a quick little bite of it uh you can hop, follow yeah hop on over to the the youtube i guess subscribe but also subscribe to us if true please um and uh yeah because uh you know that if whatever why am i shilling your channel there's no one who who there's no one who's a melee stats fan who's like oh who's this turned down for wall guy never heard of him uh yeah very very great to have you on and uh yeah in terms of us if you want to follow us if you want to watch these episodes after they air the uh, melee stats archive on youtube our main channel is melee stats that's where we're going to find our long form videos we go live twitch.tv slash melee stats there's that's where you can catch these episodes as they air um twitter.com slash melee stats pod we're gonna have daily results reporting and links to uh some of our other things and uh melee stats.co that's our website you can find monday monday morning marth and when's melee there melee stats.co slash shop will have our uh our merch walt you have merch too i bet we're gonna get a second plug at the end of this come on <laughs> man we shared a booth together did that mean we nothing did share a booth uh do you have a cute little url melee stats code slash shop we got that you got something like that you got dot co that's cool shit i just yeah, have, I, think, I, I just have a normal website i think dot com was like 400 more dollars or something i don't know oh, the geez. well melee stats co slash shop uh and if you love everything you do and you just want to support us patreon.com slash melee stats wall to get your last minute shill in here because uh, i'm sure you have more no okay this is a <laughs> shot actually because since you bring up patreon you guys are way worse when it comes to this stuff, when it comes to Patreon specifically. <laughs> and that, this is you, Edwin, not me. You are. It is a skill what you are doing, and I don't know how. How I can adapt this in a way that works for me, but I'm going to figure out a way because one of my <laughs> one of my favorite moments about the Melee Sets Patreon was that I at one point I tagged Webs in our Discord server mm-hmm. and I tagged him and I just said join the Patreon and he did and then Edwin at the it was a joke right that I, yeah. I'm very close with Webs Edwin didn't know that I knew him so he just thought that we were like literally cold calling people by just like adding people and being like <laughs> Sub to us, and he was like, "It's working." So he's like, "We gotta do this with everyone. Just start adding people. Just ask for money." Uh, but yes, I I don't know, man. You gotta learn from. You're a great shiller, but you've uh, you've got a little bit to go to until you get I, to, to Edwin Budding. I I feel a very like carnal rage and like visceral desire to tell this story before we sign off because. 
Edwin gaslit the shit out of me, and I want I want <laughs> this to go on as public I record. As I should have. You were you were being given a secret resource. What do you I mean? That, that you should have. I, I can't have that. I can't have that link not, be revealed to people who weren't paying for it. I, you paid for I it, you was got paying it. for it. <laughs> you were paying the proper rate. I, there is a, there is a secret commentator resource that has been going around. That uh, uh, should we tell? Should, okay, this would be the last thing. Should we tell the story, Edwin? What do you think? It, this is your call. Yeah, make, make it quick. Right. Make, make it quick. Yeah, okay, right. well, okay, okay, well, go ahead. So Ed, Edwin has uh, Edwin had notes for like matchups and top eights that he he had sent to me at one event. And I was like, oh, this is super rad. So I so he sent it to me again at uh, at SmashCon. But he said it will come to you at a cost and you have to first off. What you said in in our chat, and I can't read it because this is what you did. We had this whole conversation, and you deleted the chats, so it doesn't even. Yeah, because I can't it had the link anymore. So, it had the link. So I'm sitting. I'm sitting right next to Vish, already like very nervous because I've I've obviously never did a top four before, and I wanted to do well at it. And Vish is like, oh, like I have the notes. They're right here. Like. I could just we could look at it together if you want, but I, I feel bad because like, you know, whatever. But I'm like, bar I'm literally like bargaining with you because it's like it's just a matter no, of yeah, I cannot up I cannot upgrade my Patreon right now because I am about to commentate this tournament. Can you please send me the link? I am a man of my word and I will upgrade it as soon as I have no, like proper no, internet and can do it. And you were just like, no, but, but the other thing was on top of all of that, you told me I had to, I had to pledge $50 a month to do no, it. No, if I, if I wrote a month, did I write a month? It would have been a year. Yes, like at you the did. Annual rate. Yes, you did. Okay. You no, $50, $50 a month. A month. No, no, and then you no, said, but... then on top of it, you motherfucker. And I don't care if this is not right. You said. Jorge and June also paid the $50 a month. So I messaged both of them after the block. And I was like, hey, did you did you pledge to Edwin for this? And and they both said no. So I don't know. It would have been $50 a year. It, it wouldn't have been $50 a month then. If, if I said month, that was, I, that was sincerely my mistake. I sat in like perpetuity waiting for commentary like not knowing what was real for a period of time because every person who was in this like commentary inner circle was like, we have no idea what you're talking about, dude. And then I, I pulled my phone out and I was like, Oh, well look at what Edwin said to me. And the messages are gone. They're just gone <laughs> because you deleted them. This is all, so 50, so 50 a month was the, Oh no. <laughs> the funny thing is that you've told this story to Edwin before. And he's just like, no, it's 50 a year. Like he, he's <laughs> continued the gaslighting. <laughs> well, if you'd oh, like man. to join the Patreon for $50 a month, we don't have a tier for that, but I don't know. Maybe we'll we have one for 10, almost 10,000 a month. We do. We have no one who's joined it. So if you want to join it, you know, feel free. Uh, Findom, that's what they call it, right? You give someone a lot of money and then you get off from giving them money. Uh, why? Hey, we're a couple young lads. Why not? Just get if, if that's what gets you off, feel free. And on that note, Edwin, good to have you on again. Walt, of course, great to have you on. Uh, very fun show. And uh, yeah, hopefully you have fun at your little alma mater, th alma mater thing. And uh, hopefully it all goes well. Thank you. And um, who knows? Play your cards right. Maybe we'll get you on again in the future. 
maybe maybe you'll start a podcast and have us on to discuss what was it? It was six month rankings versus yearly. Who boy? Who knows? Yeah, that's a that's we, a long show. Waiting. To we will. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of which, we're on a long show right now. So so let's end <laughs> it. So thanks everyone for watching. I appreciate you uh, tuning in, and we will catch you the week after next to discuss. Oh my God! It's probably already main stage at that point. Jesus. Well, we will we will be back then to discuss the end of the year. I guess. See ya. Thanks. Peace.